Hey guys, Matt from Back Yourself Fitness here and welcome to another episode of the Back Yourself Podcast. I hope we are doing okay. I hope everyone's kicking along. I hope we're all just gritting our teeth and pushing through what's going on. Pretty crazy times that we are living in. Um, I know a lot of people, a lot of people have been affected, um, be it schools or work or um, income or yeah, jobs in general, you know what I mean? So um, I hope everyone is doing okay. We will get through this. Um, if you need help with anything, please talk to people. If you just want to have a chat with someone, just grab them and have a chat. Give them a call. Check in to see how people are doing. Um, I know us here at Back Yourself Fitness have had to adapt and uh, push on in a different way than we usually do. Um, we've been lucky that we can still kind of work in a in a scaled version. So we are still doing sessions in person and we are doing online programming as well. I know a lot of businesses have had to completely scale what they're doing. So keep supporting local businesses like I've mentioned before. It's the cup of coffee, it's the loaf of bread, it's the meat, it's streaming your favorite band or buying their shirt, it's seeing your PT in a park or whatever it is. We've got to support our local business. The big guys will be fine. It's the small guys we've got to worry about. Now, speaking of small business, um, a friend of mine uh, who actually tattooed my back, Ian Roberts. So Ian Roberts Tattooer, look him up on Facebook. Obviously, tattoo parlors can't operate at the moment. So what he is doing is he is using his phenomenal artistry to do oil paintings, oil canvas paintings, and they are ridiculous. So I shot him a message and said, hey, mate, can you do me a Michael Jordan one? And he did me a perfect Michael Jordan rookie um, oil painting on canvas, and it dead set looks like a poster, like it, it is ridiculous. So jump on to his Facebook page. He's only doing it while tattoo parlors can't operate. So these will be limited prints. You will be the only person who has that specific portrait. No one else will have the same one. Um, so check it out. He's done a lot of country guys. I saw he did a David Bowie one recently and a, a Prince one recently. So he is open for requests. But like I said, once tattoo parlors are back open, that'll be the end of the painting. But check it out. They are unreal. Okay, today's episode. We have our first athlete on board at Back Yourself Fitness, besides myself. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so our first athlete is an ultra marathon runner. What? So for all our... Uh, people out there who don't know what ultra marathons are. So a normal marathon is 42.2 kilometers. An ultra marathon is basically anything above that, but more so the 100 kilometer races. 100 kilometers. What? So that sounds crazy to a lot of people, myself included. Now, some of these races take place in one hit. So one day, some of these places uh, races take place over multi-days. So they are staged ultra marathons and they aren't just running on the road or whatever. These can be trail runs. So Andrew, my guest today, has gone all over the world for ultra marathon running, run through South Africa, run through Fiji, obviously done ones through Australia and New Zealand. He has run tip to tip of New Zealand. Tip to tip, that's over 2,000 kilometers. What? Very interesting to hear his travel stories, but his his very cruisy attitude to running, it's very interesting to get inside the mind of an ultra athlete. Crazy stuff. All right, 
Enjoy the podcast. Let's go. New episode. Let's have it. And we're live. Andy, thank you for joining us, mate. No worries. Thank you for having me. No worries, mate. It's our first athlete we've had through the Back Yourself podcast. We've had a lot of health professionals in and business owners, but you are my first athlete. Oh, I feel honored. Yeah, thanks. Oh, good, good. I was going to say thank you then. Um, I'm looking forward to dissecting. Uh, we had a quick chat before we turn on. Dissecting your preparation towards how you attack your events and we'll discuss them as we go through but taking people inside the mind of someone who does sports to an extreme yeah um so but before we do any of that we're going to start with 10 quick questions all right all right here we go question number one what does a casual run for you look like um right now it's um between 10 10 15 kilometers um if i'm in training uh, 20 kilometers would be a casual run yep yeah so when you're knocking out let's let's take some let's take a round number let's take 10 are you aiming for like even though it's a casual run are you aiming for time or are you just kind of like let's tick 10 over and whatever happens happens um if i've had a break or something yeah um it's just that's 10 k's is the goal yeah um after i've had a break and i'm getting back into it and it's just you know 10 k's to keep fit and stuff Mm -hmm. every week i'll sort of be looking at that watch being like i know what i did yesterday like i'm gonna try and do a little bit faster this time yeah so that always happens like every single time no matter what yeah Yeah. cool cool (laughs) um question number two how many hours sleep do you get per night um it always varies but it's around seven or eight yeah. um, sometimes six yeah i can't do eight hours every night because i find i just can't get to sleep yeah like it's too much i think yeah okay um so around seven mm. yeah and then one night will be eight hours yeah so yeah does that give you enough energy in the tank like working off seven hours yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah cool uh question number three do you follow a specific nutrition plan or do you just kind of feel it out no no i never have yeah. um I've sort of looked into things mm. and, you know, I might have followed something for a week, um, yeah. but I just do what I sort of feel like. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, but nothing crazy. Yeah, in regards to, uh, and this is going to be some of the stuff we dive into, in regards to preparation for runs, do you fuel any differently day before, day of, or are you just rolling off whatever's in your system? Um, no, not really. Um, yeah, probably two two nights before a big race or yep. something. Like if it's a huge one, mm-hmm. um, like a hundred k's or something, then yep. I'll probably have a lot of pasta or something. Yeah, okay. Um, the night before, I generally don't have anything too heavy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just for those really big ones, like, yeah, I probably will go to the way to have something a bit more substantial. Yeah, I'm the same in the sense that if I fuel up, not saying that we do the same distances, but if I fuel up for a run. I'll make like the lunch the day before. Yeah, yeah, bigger yeah. because I don't like having too much in my system. Yeah, fresh exactly. Yeah, for a right. run. Yeah. Um, what's an exercise you're bad at? Swimming. I can't swim. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, I'm useless. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to do a triathlon, but I I know I have to like get coaching for swimming or something. Yeah. Like I can, I could go and run fifty or hundred k's and then do two laps in the swimming pool and I'm dead. Like, yeah, yeah, right for sure. Yeah. Like <laughs> ten ten laps. 
and I'm just like, yeah. oh Christ, this is the hardest thing yeah, ever. It's yeah, that's the worst one. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. I'd love to be good at it because it's such a good exercise. Oh man, yeah, it's the best. And if you're executing swimming properly, like core control and mm, like your limbs moving like as a smooth machine, yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I'd love to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I use. I always suggest swimming and boxing as two forms oh, of yep. fitness for people. It's like, okay, you think you're fit. Mm try these two yeah and you will quickly learn that it's a whole different animal exactly yeah um moving on question number five what is a from a running distance perspective what is your favorite distance and why um i think i don't know probably actually about 80 k's Mm -hmm. um yeah for sure (laughs) just a casual 80 (laughs) k's yeah um because 50 k's like you know i can i I know i can always do that yeah um 100ks um i need a bit more preparation and stuff to get to that yeah and i've always had trouble training for longer distances like 100ks or more yeah um but 80k seems to be the sweet spot for me where i do well like i sort of as i'm finishing that's when i'm really starting to struggle yeah so i think that's like the real that that's my favorite right in the zone 70 to 80k races and stuff yeah yeah cool yeah yeah. like just to put a perspective on that because i have absolutely no idea <laughs> how long are you aiming to knock over an 80k uh, run i i never have a time frame um unless it's a road race yep um with trail and i don't think i've ever done a race of that distance on road yep um so i only know trails and that's just varies like yeah yeah you can do a great time on the road doing 10ks and then on a trail you might do it in like you know twice as long yeah, because of, course. of how the trail is so yeah it's um and i rarely do the same race twice so i never really have any expectations but you know i'd like to always finish it like um around eight hours yeah um under if i can yeah yeah cool yeah, yeah. if there's a okay what's the longest road run that you've done uh 100ks did you for something like that did you just go i'm gonna try and sit it seven minute k's or six minute k's or yeah so i wanted that was my first ever um ultra marathon yes 100 k's um and i wanted to get around the 10 hour mark and yep. i did it in 10 hours 40 yep so i was pretty happy with that yeah like, cool especially like i mean it was pretty ambitious for the first one um, yeah for sure but, <laughs> but you, hey you gotta have a goal yeah, right yeah, it worked out well yeah, yeah that's yeah. gnarly and i want i'm gonna dive into that first yeah. one coming up um going back to these quick questions do you prefer to run in hot or cold um, oh, I hate starting in winter. Yeah. Like I hate it. And I've been at like races in the Blue Mountains and like down in Victoria. Yeah. And just standing at that starting line, I, I absolutely hate it. Yeah. Um, and so I, d- I definitely prefer heat more, but, um, it, it in some countries like the heat is better, but here in Queensland, the humidity comes with it. And yeah. It's, awful um so I'll, I'll i'll have to say winter here for sure yeah, yeah so the cold that's yeah. it queensland winter yeah, yeah which is like 17 yeah degrees. but um yeah. back in new zealand i prefer summer yeah so yeah so yeah i hate running in winter in new zealand i'm sure you've had like from where you've traveled to i'm sure you've had like the extremes of both yeah like, yeah you know extreme heat for a race or extreme like cold that's for, right, yeah. for a race you know yeah um how many times a week do you train um, only three times. Yep. Um, yeah. Three runs a week. Yep. Um, sometimes two if I don't get in a training run somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm sort of feeling, oh, I should have, like, should try and get mm-hmm. some third small one in. 
Um, and then every other day I like, I'll do something different, like, um, resistance training. Yep. Um, but running, I've always stuck to three days a week. Yeah. Yeah. So like, would you say you exercise every day with gym as well? Um, about five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you, what are you doing at the gym? What kind of stuff are you looking at? Um, just resistance training, like strength training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Core, um, all that's just the boring stuff. Yeah. 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 Isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Upper body days are just like, uh, do you train like exercise? Do you go down the rabbit hole, like exercise specific to help running? Um, not necessarily. Um, core is the only thing that Mm. I really focus on for my running. Yep. Um, and that's about it. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I never do legs at the gym. Yep. Um, when you're doing trail running and stuff like that is enough. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Um, for you in preparation, uh, for a run, what is one thing? Like if you could pick one thing that is the most important thing that you, you need to do for a run, be it mental or physical before a big race, what's one piece of prep that you have to do? Like how far before? Like, uh, in the lead up so anytime in the lead up what's one thing that you have to tick off oh i don't know um well i usually have a set distance that i want to get to um Mm -hmm. before some kind of race um and if i get to that in training then um that makes me feel a lot better about myself yeah there's been plenty of times where i haven't and i've just winged winged it and like tried to get through it yeah yeah but if i can get to that set goal of a long distance run and i never try and match the race yeah unless it's a 50k run or something then it'll be great if i could do a 50k training run yeah but if it's something like 80 or 100 then i'll probably go like 20k's less than that in my longest training run yeah okay and if i can get to that then i'm really like happy with how it is yeah yeah for sure so yeah. that that's the kind of goal like you never want to push if it's a, like an ultra you never want to push past like 80 it's just it's just such a long time isn't it? <laughs> running, yes. yeah. that's a whole day yeah exactly exactly um i mean if i i, I have before um mm-hmm. like i've yeah gotten to the distance um Mm. of a like an 80k race um and i did really well in that as well so it paid off yeah but it's you know you've got your own life as well (laughs) mate yes yeah yeah that's great like when you said oh like 10 hours yeah that's That's, longer than a work day that's right yeah Yeah, that's crazy um do you if you could only choose one run as in out of these next two and you couldn't do the other one what would it be would it be trail running or road running with beautiful scenery each time um i'm better at road running yep um but i enjoy trail running more so it would be trail running yeah what is um mentally easier to take um that's a hard one because trail running, like you can have some really gnarly trails yeah uh where road you might have some really long hills yeah yeah but um they always you know you can see the top of it and mm. you it's flat and yeah yeah so the trail running can be a bit more mentally tough because you know you can get to the top of a mountain and be like oh my gosh like i've got to get to that one over there yeah yeah where so road running you can sort of you always just know like how fast you're going yeah okay all that sort of stuff so i think trail running yeah, yeah. okay um I'm assuming you'd never run on a treadmill. Uh, I have, but you know, I'd never use one for training. <laughs> no, nah, it's hot, mate. Five k's on a treadmill is the most mind-numbing thing. Like, yeah, yeah. I've pumped out like ten plus k's on a treadmill, and it is so boring. Yeah, and it's just the same. Like I can't. I, I get bored easy for sure. So I can't be looking at the same stuff. Like I got to be moving. Yeah. So if it's wet and I've got to run, I'll go on a treadmill. But outside of that. 
yeah no yeah. way yeah well luckily i don't own one so yeah yeah if it's unless it's really storming mm. and thunder and lightning and stuff i'll still go out yeah, yeah well obviously well doing what you do you'd have to be prepping yeah, yeah, for that kind exactly, of stuff you know yeah. you can't go up oh, wet today guys can't <laughs> do it. the race <laughs> uh last question in this first little run do you believe in overtraining um i'm I don't think so. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've heard, like, you know, I've heard arguments about overtraining and everything. But, um, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, with a few of the runs that I've done, like, I've done, uh, with training, I've gone in excess of what I needed to. And yep. I don't think it hurt me at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it made me feel better about myself mm. mentally. Yeah. Um, so I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the only time you can overtrain, like, running gym whatever is if you turn up to the gym and you're pushing bench every day oh yeah sorry yeah yeah if i i never go out every single day yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. But, if, but if someone said to like if you said hey i'm gonna do three 20k runs this week or three 15ks yeah. like that's fully manageable for you yeah 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 so yeah overtraining does exist sure but if you're in control of your body yeah um there's one of my last multi-day races I did, um, mm. f- the second to last week training up for it, I did five 25K trail runs in a row. Wow. Um, and the reason I did that was because um, in a race previous to that, the guy who won it said that's what he did. Gotcha. And I was like, I'm going to try that out. And it worked. Like, I did really well in the yeah. race. Yeah, yeah. Is that just mental preparation? Um, well, because these are multi-day races, so yeah. you've got to get up and your body's got to get used to that. So gotcha. it's a quite, it's a bit different to, you know, a single stage race. Yeah. So these races go on for like a week. Yeah. So how did you feel day three? I felt like surprisingly, I felt better on the last day. Yeah. Okay. I, I, and I've done, you know, I've done some big, crazy multi-day races and I always feel better physically, mm. um, near the end of them. Yeah. yeah okay. Do you feel like what's let's take a multi-day race? What's the worst day for you? Uh, um, probably the second day, I reckon. Yeah, when your body's in shock. Yeah, you yeah. you wake up and you're all sore and yep. like you're like, oh my god, like can I do this? Exactly. And day two is just a little bit slower. <laughs> yeah, day it. three is just life. That's, that's just right. that's just what it is now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Man, they're the first 10 questions done. Yeah, cool. Easy. Uh, what we're going to do now is just going to move into some of the what's. Okay, so we're going to be very general for some things, but we're going to be very specific to what you do for some things. Right. All right, so for people who don't know, let's break down some distances. Let's, let's keep it simple. So what is a half marathon? Uh, 21.1 kilometers. Yep, and a full marathon is? 42.2. So now we start moving, like I was, you know, let's say up until about a year ago, I didn't know there was anything past that. Mm. So what is an ultra marathon? Uh, ultra marathons, anything longer than a marathon. So yep. basically a 45k run would be considered an ultra marathon, yep. but you won't find those. You'll, the smallest one will be about 50 kilometers. Gotcha. Um, and generally it's 50 kilometers, uh, 50 miles, 100 kilometers and 100 miles. They're the four main um, distances. Yep. And then you'll get some ones in between because the course just will only be 70 two kilometers or something yeah okay um and then you've got multi-day ones like i sort of touched on before where Mm. you can have different distances but each day might not even surpass a marathon yep um there's usually one or two days that might yeah um but the whole race is considered an ultra marathon yeah okay um 
when you're training, like you said, some are miles and some are kilometers. Mm. When you're training for like one that's 100 miles, do you then go and train in miles? No, or, no. Or do you I, just keep it yeah, case? It's always kilometers, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's tra- like, so what is trail running? Um, just running in the like forest or bush or something. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 So on the dirt trails, um, yep. you know, hiking, anywhere you go hiking, like, yeah those sort of trails mm. yeah so you were talking about like trail running courses uh can they all just be variable or do you have like a half marathon trail run or do you have a marathon trail run yeah yeah there's lots around like you can do a marathon in some trails like um even in some ultra marathon events they'll have marathon distances and things like that mm. or 10ks and yep. stuff yeah yeah um this question without sounding too wanky is what do you, what distance are you most well known for? Um, oh, probably the length of New Zealand run that I did. Um, yep. Like no specific distance, yeah, no okay. like fifty k or hundred k or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've I've always when I do the single day races mm-hmm. or single stage races, um, it's it's just doing it for the sake of it sort of thing yeah gotcha where my main thing is multi-day races like yeah. i love doing those yeah. yeah more than anything is that from a um like why do you prefer uh multi-day races it's so different it's so completely different to anything yeah gotcha. um it's you know getting up the next day after your first day of it might be like a 40k run and then you've got to wake up the next morning and do that again yeah um and especially the races because everyone else is doing it as well mm. and you're all just sort of like you know the camaraderie and all of that yeah um it's a really cool atmosphere where a race like a marathon or more longer uh you might meet someone during it and then chat with them and then that's the last time you ever see them yeah where these ones like you every day you're talking to these people and you're becoming friends with them and mm. so that's the big thing i get out of it most but also the um just how unique the challenges yeah of course. compared to anything else um you know you do three days of like 10 to 40k runs and then you do a massive long day of almost 100 kilometers mm. and then a couple more after that and it's just there's nothing else like it uh, it's really cool with that camaraderie you just spoke about is the objective like is everyone just like come on we've all got to finish this or are there like are there people actually like going out to win oh there's always uh, most of it is egging everyone on like come on let's go like it's a huge it's a huge team event um there'll be the front runners that um obviously want to get a place Mm. um but even then you never get any kind of like segregation like oh the elites are over there and everyone else is over here yeah gotcha. everyone's just mixed together and and the the organizers usually manage that by um putting you in like because every night you're under either a gazebo or a tent giant tent or something so they put you in mix you up with everyone yeah so it doesn't matter how good you are like you might be next to the last person and they'll become best friends sort of thing yeah and that's what's cool about it let's be real if you're doing a multi-stage race like there is no good and bad section it's like if you've got the ability to run for like four or five days in a row at those distances like there's no like oh beginners are over here and yeah yeah that's right yeah you've got to be a certain level of fit oh exactly yeah yeah so um i mean some people can manage them by most walking them mm. 
Um, but even I, I reckon that probably takes more mental stamina. It is the same with any race. Like um, the last person over that finish line, you know, um, they've been out there, say a hundred k race. They've been out there for more than twenty four hours. Yuck! And they're the last ones getting over. They have like probably better mental stamina than the guy that won it. Yeah, exactly. Like, It'd be yeah. death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. When you first started running, like take me back to the very, very beginning, were you just like, oh, I'm going to go for it? Like, was it five and tens or did you go deep end straight away? I went pretty deep. Um, it was in high school and me and a friend, we were just sort of um, doing some runs in the morning before school and mm. we did really well at the school athletics, yeah. especially in the longer runs, like 3Ks and um, 1500 meters. Mm. And and we then we won the cross country and that was just for casually training every morning just you know to be fit yeah and we we're like well wow. and then we sort of thought okay like, let's try again next year and we just hammered it out smashed everything and um and then I started teaming up with the seniors um, who were doing some half marathons and ten k runs and yeah stuff. okay through and, school yeah 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 okay and so um, because that was part of the assignment for the um, the senior class was mm. plan and um, execute a 10 or 21k run mm. so i joined in with um those guys and then and that's where it all started so around from the time i was about 16 15 16 yeah okay um before that there was nothing like i was a pretty lazy kid and yeah. stuff yeah so you went from like casually knocking over runs and like just doing well at school athletics mm. to cool let's do tens and halves yeah yeah wow the first half that i did actually it was longer than a half it was like 27 k's yeah um i had barely trained for it and i ended up in the back of an ambulance because <laughs> i just didn't even know what i was doing yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but i finished it yeah um i like collapsed at the end and i hadn't drunk any water because i was afraid of getting stomach cramps yep um and yeah but i finished it and yeah that bad. So how old were you when you did that run? I would have been 16. 15 or 16, yeah. 15 or 16 and you've just casually done a half marathon. Yeah. Like <laughs> off no training. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the first ultra that you did. Like yeah. We kind of touched on it um, at the in the very beginning. Where was the first ultra done? Uh, New Zealand, where I was sort of living at the time as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how, uh, how did it feel? when you were running the ultra um it was crazy like it was a real crazy experience mm. um because i was um yeah living in taupo which is where it was mm. and it was the 100 kilometer new zealand nationals and i don't like eight months before that i didn't even know ultramarathons existed mm. um and so yeah training for that was just a whole different thing and uh, just reading about stories of people doing it. So I was like, okay, people actually can do these. And, and then doing it, um, you know, the first half was fine. I had I had a really cool support crew with me, like yep. all my friends, like yeah, in this cool. car. So they were just cheering me on, like feeding me. And yeah, cool. So that was a real cool thing. And then the second half, like the last 50, was um, where I was like, okay, I've got to really think about what I'm doing because this is, I'm really feeling it. Mm. Um, it just, you know, you've been on the road for five hours and... Oh man, yeah. five hours worth of running. Yeah, and, and then you've got to do another five. Yeah, crazy. Like, or six, yeah, yeah. And so... I teamed up with one woman who was quite experienced as well. And we did the last probably 25 Ks together. Yeah. And we just kept each other going throughout it. 
um, to the finish and yeah it was just the most surreal experience being able to finish something like that like, and something I've been training months and months for yeah right yeah yeah well that's funny that leads into my next question what was the preparation for your first ultra marathon like we've, we've had no experience in this distance mm. before how did you physically get ready and mentally get ready for that distance um it was funny and it sort of goes with all of my training like mm. i've never i've never looked at what someone else has done to run an ultra marathon yeah um i just sort of thought about it and thought okay this is the distance i'm running now i want to get to this distance before i start this ultra marathon and so I think at the time I had, I was around half marathon distance. Like I trained because I was sort of just getting back into long distance running and I was 20, 21. And, um, and so yeah, I was at half marathon distance and I thought two weeks before the ultra, I want to get to 80 Ks. Yeah. Um, so and, you just want to casually jump from 21 to up to 80. Yeah. Well, it was over a long period of time. It was about, I think I gave myself about seven months or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So every week I'll just gradually increase my long run. Yeah. Uh, I'll do a couple of runs in the week and then my long run on whatever day my day off was. Mm. And yeah. And every single week I, I just, that was probably the best I've ever prepared for anything. Yeah. Was that first ultraman because I was so unsure. Yeah. Like of how every, anything was going to go. So I wanted, to really do everything and my last run was uh from taupo to rotorua which was 80 kilometers mm. just running to one destination one town to the other yeah that's cool yeah and um and i was like oh hopefully that's enough and when i started the ultra marathon um the this woman that i was running with she asked me what my long, longest run was and i said oh I ran from Taupo to Rotorua. She was like, oh, you'll finish this easy. Yeah, okay. And I was worried, like, oh, I hadn't reached that 100K mark. Yeah. And she was like, no, no, like, that's more than what most do for 100Ks. So I was like, okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, that's like, I think the adrenaline definitely will play a part, you know what I mean? Like, there's that excitement, the well, excitement. yeah, no, yes and no. Like, with ultra marathons, because of how long they are. <laughs> it's a long time to be excited, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, um, you... I don't think I've ever felt that adrenaline apart from maybe like the last day of a multi-stage race where I'm like, okay, I'm going to gun this one, like yep. this last um, run. Um, but yeah, if it's a single stage race, I know how, what's in, ahead of me and mm. I know how long I've got. And so it's more just like anxiety that, like, oh gosh. Like, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, does that put pressure on you? Um I've never felt pressure, but I'm just, I just sort of go with the flow sort of thing. I'm just yep. like, oh, well, whatever happens, happens. Mm. Uh, you know, some races I've barely trained for half the distance. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a tough one. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to struggle through this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never had any, any worry or anything like, because there's no point, especially for those distances. Like, mm. so I never put pressure on myself. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, how did the body feel after completing your ultra the first ultra i remember it quite well um i, remember, I was dead <laughs> yeah, i remember uh my friends helped me like in the car and stuff because i was just i was so dehydrated as well where i started getting that blacky like uh, yep. <laughs> not blacking out but you know you get cloudy vision and yep. stuff and um and i was like oh and like my friends were pouring water over my head and yep. <laughs> giving me ice blocks and um we got home and i just lay on the, the couch downstairs with my um housemates lived mm. and they were also supported me in the race and i just fell asleep and yeah for about two days later i was just sort of like hobbling up the stairs yep. and 
but it was just and that's one thing like after you finish something like that it's just this really crazy feeling like mm. you're just lying there you're like i can't believe i did that and i yeah. still get it like uh, after a race a 50k race or something i'm because you push yourself a bit more and you're just knackered at the end. It's just, you sit down at the end and you're like, oh, wow, I finished that. Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> I think that if you didn't get that feeling, it would be time to change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get, yeah. Like that is that, uh, I was going to say adrenaline, that like rewarding feeling That's of it. like, and almost a bit of confusion. Like you said, like, how did I even yeah, manage yeah, to, yeah. I ran a hundred kilometers. Like it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. Man, that's gnarly. When you go back to like the first few did your mindset change, like your first few ultras? Did your mindset change from like the first to the second? Oh, yeah. We're like, and oh, sweet. I'm going to nail this. Yeah, yeah. And it was so bad. Um, and especially being like 21. Yeah. Um, and finishing that first one in a relatively good position as well. I just thought, yeah, man, I am the yeah. best. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did the second one, which actually I was quite conservative with. I ran with this guy most of the way who was also named Andrew. There's a lot of Andrews in ultramarathon running. Um, Lunatics. <laughs> and I always seem to pair up with them. Yeah. Um, he was an FBI agent as well. Oh, that's cool. In the US, yeah. yeah. He was really cool. Telling me lots of stories. Just and so, occupying the brain. Yeah, so he was telling me stories along the way. And um, and it was lucky I stuck with him because he really paced me uh, where if I was by myself, I would have tried to go a lot quicker. Mm. And so that was all right. Like, But then I tried to do my third one which was in the Blue Mountains in Sydney. Um, it's now called Ultra Trail Australia. Back then it was the North Face 100. And I hadn't trained nearly enough for it. Yep. But I was just like, yeah, like I finished that trail race in New Zealand. I did the 100Ks, like I'll do this. And I I got to 54 kilometers and I couldn't go any further. Um, and I that was the first one I pulled out of. Yeah. Um, and but it was it was good that I put myself through that because yeah. I was like oh wow like yeah that was silly of me and yeah. it sort of grounded me a bit yeah what like what happens in that situation like okay cool you're fifty four k's in and you go well I actually can't go any further like, yeah. what happens then oh there's a lot of aid stations around yeah um, yeah so every probably like ten to fifteen k's they'll have aid stations with and they're really well organised like mm. they've got medics and crews and everything so. Um, I'd hurt my, I hurt myself on it. Um, looking back, I reckon I could have gone through it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I used that as an excuse because I was like, I wasn't prepared of how long it was taking. Yep. Um, because I hadn't been on any kind of course like that. And anyone that's done that course knows how crazy it can be. And, uh, like climbing down ladders and yeah. You know, there's a thousand staircases at the end. Oh, like, yeah, the last yuck. kilometer. Yeah, it's crazy. Because oh. I went back and finally finished it one day. Yeah. Um, Just but, so you mentally you go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so if you pull out of a race, um, actually, my second one um, that I pulled out of was recently, last year. Mm. And that one was different because I was like, there was no aid stations close by. So luckily I had a friend that was crewing for me for the first half and he came and picked me up in some random area. Mm. Um, but yeah, usually you make it to the next station and they'll be like, okay, I'm done. And they'll take you back to the start line or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that a, um, deflating feeling when that happens? Um, both times no, because you're just so, you're just checked out. Yeah. 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 Um, especially the last one I did, I was just like, 
I was under trained for it. Mm. Um, I had a foot injury leading up to it. And so I sort of had the feeling like I probably wouldn't finish it. Yeah. Um, and I underestimated the course like nothing. Like yeah. it was just a really crazy thing. So I I had no like disappointment or anything like that. I was just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, like, okay. I'll, I'll come back and do it another time. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't have to be done this second. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, do you like on that, do you get the voices in your head that let's just like stop? You just oh stop. yeah 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 all the time um and i like i've only ever not finished two races and um and i've done plenty so it's not like i do that all the time yeah um and and i've been in probably worse situations where i've just pushed myself through it mm. than those ones and i think with those ones i was just i wasn't mentally there like i was just like oh like why am i doing this like yeah, I, okay. I wasn't you know, this was, they were both un, kind of unplanned, like spur of the moment. Yep. So any other race that I've actually planned for and stuff, no matter how hard it's gotten, I always seem to push through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of times where I'm like, oh, I'm going to stop and walk. I'm going to stop and walk. Um, but if I always try and stick with someone. Yeah. So like I can take my mind off that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I definitely know just from running the, the smaller distances that I run, if there's no one else around and it's just me, like people on the footpath or whatever, mm. it's the voices yeah, yeah. are so much more, are so much louder. If yeah. there are people around, like I'll look at my splits when I finish and the splits when I was like weaving between people yeah, or like yeah, there's yeah. people around, like yeah, that's they're right. faster. Yeah. You know, so I, I can completely relate to yeah, yeah. the voices playing their oh, part. The, and it happens tenfold and like when you're running for 10 hours. Yeah, 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I did a little bit of research, obviously, prior, and I saw you use the word challenge a few times like mm. to describe your runs. Is that the motivation behind the runs? Like you want to challenge yourself or is it now past that point? Well, yeah, I sort of look back at things that I've said and stuff and I'm just like, oh, I wonder what, if I was saying that to like make myself sound cool. <laughs> <laughs> just give yourself the pump up. Yeah, yeah. But um, like now it's... It's become, it's always from when I was 15 or 16, it's just who I am. Like, mm. it's what I do. Yeah. Um, and it's a huge part of my life. So that's probably the main reason why I do it. Yeah. Like, and obviously I enjoy it. Like, I, I enjoy that feeling of, like, finishing a race. And mm. um, it's it's really indescribable with, um, for someone who hasn't done that distance. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to explain it. When You know, people will obviously ask me all the time, like, how do you do that or why do you do that? Mm. And it's just every ultra marathon runner, even marathon runner, like, mm. you know, that, that has, like, that's the pinnacle of, like, their fitness. They've gotten to the marathon. Mm. Um, you finish it and it's just, it's just this crazy feeling. And it, and it is always there every time you do, like, mm. you might do... 10 50k runs like in a year or something and then you do it again next year and it's like that same feeling of like you've pushed yourself and yeah. you've gotten there so that's that's what's so addictive about it and, yeah um and what drives me to do it so it's selfish like you know yeah um but it's like if that's your drug of choice exactly you know what yeah. i mean like that's go right. do it like we go back to the gym bros who just want to push bench if, yeah like, if that's and, your drug of choice like and and the ones that i do um the multi-day ones um you know i've never met so many incredible people in those races just from you know the craziest different backgrounds and yeah. stuff um you know computer consult oh, not computer consultants like um 
a consultant for computer firms, like, mm. you know, that goes around and he's running this ultra marathon. Like I said, the FBI agent yeah. or um, someone that works in a recycling factory and mm. just really crazy people and like cool people. And you just don't sort of get that anywhere else. Yeah, I think it'd be an interesting crew because everyone would be so like the way they're wired their mindset would be like it's funny because everyone's so relaxed yeah yeah yeah. you'd think everyone's just these pumped up crazy like yeah let's go let's go 100k most of us have like oh man like this is this is taking forever like (laughs) like why why aren't we at week seven already yeah Yeah. so it's a real and there's a lot of banter that goes on like every everyone's in the same sort of mindset um you know most people have a really cool sense of humor and yeah of course because what we're doing is ridiculous so you have to have a sense of humor for sure if you yeah. if you're going to be serious for 10 hours <laughs> and then throw running for 10 hours on top of that yeah. like you're mentally unstable yeah so it's very rare to you'll find it more in the, this um the single day races like yeah. 50 and 100 k's yeah you get those real serious people when they have the like you know the um the conferences where they're up on stage like mm telling them about how great they are um <laughs> and and it's cool that like they're um, incredible people like yeah. i look up to them and just like how do you do this mm. but um but yeah the ones of these ones that i go into the multi-day races like everyone's just so chill and real cool yeah 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 like just comparing what you were saying before like you know yeah you did like it's such an accomplishment doing like getting to the end mm. is everyone in the same boat do you kind of get the vibe like at the camp, like the camps. Or yeah, yeah, for the- sure. Oh, yeah. Like, um, uh, sometimes, and I find it with the people that run their first half marathon and marathon, mm. they're just like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah, yeah, like, okay. I'm never doing this again. Yeah. Um, and I think once you do push into the ultra marathon, you've already passed that mindset mm. where you're just going to get on with it. Yeah, exactly. Sort of thing. And um, there's usually a rest day in between those um, week-long races. So yep. they usually go for five or six days with one rest day. Yeah. Um, and most people aren't talking about running like on that rest day. Yeah. Like none of us are. Like you're doing it for ten hours a day. Yeah. Like and and while you are doing those runs um, during the day, you're always with someone. Yeah. It's very rare that you're doing the whole thing by yourself. Mm. If you've found someone that um, is like sort of on your level, and you you can just pace each other. Yeah. And so you're talking about each other's lives and and yeah and you know it does get around like oh what have you done what have you done yeah, something but but that's pretty much on the first day and then after that it's just like talking about you know making jokes and yeah of course yeah, yeah um do you think here's an interesting question do you think you're because you're at that distance the ultras and the multi-stage that the competitive nature takes like a back seat and it's just like complete it do you feel like if you did any shorter runs like halves or marathons your competitive nature would take over um if i'm doing well like it, the last multi-day race i did was in fiji called yep. the um lost island ultra and it was um a couple hundred k's over five days or six days mm. yeah so five days i think there was actually no yeah it was five days and i did pretty well in that i came fourth overall in the end mm. um and the last day there was only six minutes between third and fourth place and i was in fourth and i was just like i am gonna flip and go for this yeah like, and um and i was in first place and me and this guy and we were just smashing it out like just doing sub four minute k's after a week yeah, of wow. running. yeah yeah we yeah. were just gunning it 
we were so fast that um, the person that was supposed to tell us where to turn off hadn't turned up yet, and we went straight past. Oh wow! So I lost like any chance yeah, of getting okay. that top three. But yeah, that sort of thing. Like um, if I'm feeling it, then I'll go for it. Same with my first multi-day race, which was one in Turkey. Mm. Um, I it was still to this day I think one of the toughest races I've done. And after day two, I was like, okay, I'm not going to try and compete in this because this is like way, way harder than what I imagined. Yeah. Um, but over the days, um, my positions were going up and I got into the top 10 and then I got close to like sort of the middle of the group. Mm. And then on the last day, yeah, I did the same thing. I just, I was feeling good and I was like, okay, I'm going to gun it. And um, I came second on that day and i think i came in seventh overall mm. so yeah that competitive nature is still there um but it's it's if i'm gonna feel that way about doing a race um it, it starts in training yeah okay. like i'm like i'm gonna go really hard in training for this yep um there was the one i did in south africa and a couple here in australia where um i started training late for them so like getting a placing wasn't even part of my mindset. Just finish it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you've traveled all over the world for these races. Yeah, yeah. What's the furthest that you've traveled for for a race? Um, Probably the one in Turkey, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That was, yeah, my first multi-day one. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I went to Turkey and... And then, and it wasn't like Istanbul, it was like way off somewhere, like mm, in okay, some village. Yeah. And you're running through actual villages, like yeah, well. proper tiny villages where people, this woman had this cauldron on her wood fire outside and it was overflowing as I ran past her. She's got a little shack that she yeah, lives in. Full like cartoon. That, yeah, yeah. And it was like that sort of thing. Um, and running along, it's like the ancient Lycian Way and... So you're running along like beautiful beaches mm. and sometimes if we we're lucky, like I think two of the days were, or one or two of the days we stopped at a beach and yeah. it was the kind of water where you could just walk into and yeah. no chill factor, but it was just refreshing enough yeah, to okay. really be nice. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was, yeah, some cool experiences. Like, Matt, you know. like, okay, let's list off some of the places that you've been. So you've already said Fiji, Turkey, South Africa. Yeah. So though, uh, um, I've done, I did a little bit of running in Japan, but yep. I didn't do any races there. Yep. Um, so just some trail running and stuff because mm. I was there. So I was like, I'm going to do it. Pack your runners. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to Brazil in a month or two, two mm-hmm. months. Um, I haven't got anything planned for running, but I'm going to be trained up enough to do something there. Yep. Um, obviously New Zealand and Australia, yep. like I've, I've done, um, the Larapinta trail, in okay. um, Alice Springs. Yep. So there cool. was a multi-day race. There was four days. Yep. Um, and yeah, and the one in South Africa was the Kalahari Desert. So mm. you're actually in the desert. What was that like? Yeah, just crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, you're in the desert, like in like South Africa. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they, they're sort of like, they're not deer. They're called kuru. They're these massive you know, they're the ones with the twirly horns yep. and stuff like that. Okay, gotcha. Huge, yep. yeah. So they just leap out in front of you as you're running. <laughs> like, hey, <what? laughs> um, On the first day, I saw like cat paw prints. Yeah. I was like, oh, what is that? Looking around. But they've been, it's one of the oldest multi-day races around and they've okay, never yep. had anything. But 
um, they were really, really um, careful in that year because the year prior they had record-breaking heat. Yeah, where it got okay. more than fifty degrees Celsius. Oh, what? And um, someone actually collapsed in the desert and was like in ICU for like a week after that. Oh so, wow! So the year I did it was the year after that, and they were just they had medics everywhere. Yeah. And they were taking um, people's blood if they were feeling a bit unwell. I was feeling I was feeling really unwell throughout the whole thing. I was throwing up and mm. I, yeah, couldn't go toilet or anything like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um they would be taking my blood and luckily my sugar levels were fine enough because if they were down they would pull you out of the race okay so i was like oh i can't believe that and the medic would be like do you want to keep on going I'm like of course i'm no. come all the way here yeah like, i just came here to yeah. stop yeah <laughs> um but you'd be surprised some people yeah they'll they come across the world and they'll just pull out and stuff um but yeah so some crazy things yeah yeah have what, happened. what's the most picturesque run that you've done or race that you've done um oh they've all been so cool like uh i mean the blue mountains in like here in australia yeah just incredible every time i go to sydney i just go there um, yeah okay just because it's such a cool place uh turkey was really cool because um it was just so very like varied of what you see you you're going through like sort of the forests and then you're going through riverbeds up riverbeds um you look across and there's like ancient ruins mm. like um you know from like hundreds of years ago and um and then you're stopping at beaches and it's, mm. that was the most incredible sort of place i've been um fiji was really cool like yeah, okay. um because you're running through the jungle yeah right. um so there was one stage it was just probably the best sort of run of my life like it was just torrential rain mm. and you're running and leaping over logs in the jungle and it was like i was in the predator or something yeah like right it was just that vibe like yeah. it was just proper jungle like what yeah. you would imagine and then you um run out and the atmosphere was cool because every time you'd get to a checkpoint they would have like like singing and dancing and yeah, the locals okay. would get involved and in, from their little villages yeah and then you go through um this village and you hike to the largest waterfall i've ever seen and because we we're in the cyclone season and the cyclone had just hit the yeah. island um before the race started so the rain from the the waterfall was just raging yeah okay and i've got like the most epic photo like because they took photos of all of us yeah good cameramen along the way which is one of the reasons why i do it yeah for the photos <laughs> for the gram <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah and it's just like that was probably like looking at that wolf waterfall was um the most in awe i've ever been yeah in running yeah yeah it's a, it's funny that's going to be my next question do you ever like on these runs and in this beautiful scenery do you ever just have a, a mental check and go holy shit i mean Tur- for sure i'm in yeah, turkey yeah, yeah. Or i'm in the desert exactly yeah and that happens all the time like you gotta just stop and be like okay like let's just take this all in like yeah this is where we are at the moment yeah and it's it's pretty incredible yeah well having a having a look on the instagram some of the photos like this is like postcard worthy and that's the thing like um because these races they take you into places that are usually inaccessible like yeah. or, or where a lot of people just don't go mm. um like the one in fiji some of the trails they had people with machetes creating the trails for us oh wow so no one had ever been through some of these places yeah like, okay. it was really cool and the one in the desert like the kalahari one in south africa like who's gonna go out there and like see mental yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um 
even like the ones here I've done in Australia, like, you know, quite a few people do the Lara Pinta trail, but to do it that quick, like we didn't do the whole thing. I Mm. think it was like a couple hundred Ks or something like that. Um, but yeah, you're up on the, like the McDonald ranges and it's Mm. just like, you know, I would have never come out here otherwise. Like I might've come to see, um, Uluru or something, but I would have never really climbed to the top of one of these mountains. Yeah, for sure. And, and just the experiences as well. There's, um, on that one, we were going up, um, I can't remember the name of the mountain, Mount Sonda or something like that. Mm. Anyway, I was with a couple of friends that I'd made and we were just like climbing up this mountain. It took forever to get up to the top and um, the sun was just rising. Oh, yeah. And we're just like laughing, like having a great time and, yeah. you know, taking selfies yeah. and stuff like that. And it's just like, this is so cool. Like yeah. not many people do this. Yeah. And that's the thing, like just hearing you talk, like sure, there's pain and there's mm. your injury and like struggle, but... It sounds like it's far outweighed by the look where we are. Like, yeah, let's just take it. this in. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that's why, like, I'm much better on the road running. Like, yeah. um, like I can, like, I could do all right if I really train and stuff. But it, I just don't enjoy it as much as going into these places. And yeah, 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 yeah mate. That's like. I, like I said, scrolling through your Instagram, it is quite like, <laughs> oh man, these places look amazing. Yeah, yeah. Do you plan your runs around your travel or do you plan your travel around your runs? Um, I've all, like, since I started traveling, is always, um, I would always seek out a run and then I'll do some traveling around that. Yep. But only in the last couple of years, I've just been like, okay, I'm just going to like do some traveling and not sort of stress about that sort of thing yep. because it makes it such a rush. Like um, when I did the one in South Africa, because the, the race takes up a week or mm. more because you've got a couple of days before and after like meeting and greeting and all that sort of stuff. So, and then you've only got a few days if you want to stay for only two weeks to mm. do whatever else. Yeah. So yeah, like last, I think it was last year I went to Japan um, and you know, I did my own little running and stuff. I actually yep. climbed Mount Fuji in this torrential storm yeah, okay. where, like, it was probably one of the most dangerous things I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it was probably one of the most dangerous things I've yeah. ever But, um, yeah, like, so things just happen. Like, yeah. Yeah. And now I'm going to Brazil and I'm sort of looking at, oh, I wonder if I can run here or here or there. Mm. Um, but I'm going to get back to, you know, doing these multi-day races and just, yeah, traveling wherever they are. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find yourself, de- like talking about Mount Fuji, do you find yourself desensitized um, to like, I don't want to say the extremes, but like, ah, oh, it's raining outside. I'm going to go run 20K. For sure. Yeah. 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 Um, like, yeah, that, that casual hike up to Mount Fuji, which was, was supposed to be. Yeah, I imagine I envisioned myself going up there, and because I did it through the night, and I was going to see the sunset. I had a sleeping bag and everything, yeah, because it's freezing up there. And I was like, "Oh, this is going to be beautiful." And then um, I heard that it was um, quite windy. Mm. And my friend, I was staying with my friends in Japan, and she's a pilot for I think Jetstar at the time, and um, she was in the plane, and she was texting through the wind speed yeah okay at the height of mount fuji and she's like are you still gonna do this like yes and i was like well i'm gonna give it a go um but i think it's from my experience i was like yeah i I know i'm physically able to do this yeah and thousands of people climb this mountain all the time it is a hard climb like um it is harder than what i thought it would be because i I know how many people actually do do it so Mm. i was like it can't be that difficult but it is um it's quite challenging in some parts 
um, but to do it in torrential rain and wind where the rain is going sideways. Yeah, yuck. And, um, you know, I was pulling myself up a rock and this wind almost blew me off. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was just, oh, man. Like, that's where I that's where I started getting nervous. And yeah. I actually started thinking, I might actually die. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and my wet weather gear wasn't good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> getting in the last, like kilometer or two um water started trickling down my shirt yeah where it felt like ice cubes and that's where i was starting to really worry like i was like i'm gonna get hypothermia or something Mm. and then got up the top you can't see anything you can see it's gotten a bit lighter and then i actually ran down the other side of um so that was my run for fiji yeah uh, mount fuji sorry um yeah but but yeah i think everything that i've done has helped me with that yeah of course yeah because a lot of people um didn't carry on up that mountain yeah yeah how long did it take you to get to the top oh well actually um it would have taken a lot less longer i can't remember how long it took because i wanted to get the sunrise so we started at 11 p.m and i wanted to get there at 5 p.m but i was going way quicker than what i thought it would take Mm. so we were stopping in like the toilets and stuff along the way because they've got huts up there as well like prop not shacks or anything but like proper like little hut buildings for people that want to stay the night in and they've got toilets there. So we were sheltering in the toilets from the bad weather and trying to dry out any clothes and just trying to like think about what we were doing. Mm. And um, and the bloody people in, who own the huts, they'll just scream at us to get out and stuff. They're the most terrible people I've ever met. <laughs> Thanks, Jap- guys. Japanese people are amazing. But these guys on this mountain like are the most awful, awful human beings. <laughs> they have no regard for your safety. Yeah. They were just trying to kick us out into this bad weather and yeah a, a woman collapsed she collapsed and he screamed at her and told her to get out what yeah this is how terrible these people yeah, are right get out, all, unless you pay the money to stay in their no, toilets there, okay there's the catch and yeah. the thing is there's no like i understand it when it's good weather and there's tons thousands hundreds of people like up the mountain you mm. don't want people loitering yeah there was like two of us in the toilets like, yeah you know a oh, little bit of compassion still, goes a long still way. makes me angry yeah. to this day you, you can hear the tone <laughs> in your voice just change <laughs> anyway pass it i can't even remember what i was talking about now oh yeah desensitizer yeah yeah, yeah definitely does yeah yeah so let's shift gears we've been talking about travel let's talk about the actual race preparation side of things now we kind of spoke about um you you, you do progressive overload essentially like it's like increasing distance increasing distance yeah yeah if your does your preparation change from a physical standpoint depending on the race, or depending on like if it's multi stage, how many stages, all that kind of stuff, or is it the same style of preparation? Um, yeah, it just depends on the distances. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, if I'm training for a trail race, like I, I, I never live close to trails, so I'll do my two like sort of shorter runs in the week on mm. the road. And then my longer trail run on the trail. Yeah. And then maybe in the last like month of training, I'll do a bit more on the trails. Like, but I just have to drive out there. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. And so with anything, it's just the distance. I just keep the distances in mind, like what I'm training for. Yeah. Um. So it's never the same thing. Um. And I do. I have moved around a lot, so the scenery is always changing, and where I'm training is always changing. Mm. So yeah. But but overall, not too different it's just the distances yeah which okay. changes yeah is there a mental preparation side to things or you're just like cool i'm gonna do this ultra marathon no yeah there's never anything mental anymore um at the start there was yeah um especially some of the larger things that i've done in the past 
um, at the beginning, it was very mental and like I was, I'd envision like finishing yep. and like how I was going to feel and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I don't really do that anymore. Um, I just sort of take it as it goes. Mm. Uh, there are like some, sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm in training, if training's going really well for a race, like that one in Fiji, mm. there was a lot of visioning, like, oh, what if I actually like get a really cool, good result? Here? Yeah. Like, what if I win a stage or something? Yeah. And I was sort of thinking about that a lot. Mm. Um, Is that motivation? For, you? for sure yeah. yeah especially when you are actually in training yeah because it makes you run faster you're just yeah. like yeah i'm, I'm number one that's <laughs> you it you, you just find that gear we spoke about like that kind of adrenaline kind of thing yeah yeah, like, yeah. Oh, maybe i can actually have a crack here. yeah exactly yeah that's it um how many hours a week would you dedicate to running like in preparation for an ultra um i never allocate any time for it it's just i know what my day off is going to be and yeah um my long my sort of midweek runs because i usually train monday wednesday friday friday's my day off Mm. um or it depends what i'm doing like whatever my day off is and um say my monday and friday run will be shorter runs on the road they'll be consistent right to the end like they'll never go over 20 k's yeah even if i'm training for a multi-day like seven day run or a hundred k run those first two of the week are always the same. Are they just like your staple, your base kind of run? Um, yeah. And I usually for the, like say it'll be 20 and 20 or 15 and 20, the 20 K I'll be really focused on speed. Mm. Um, I'll always try and get a better time each time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my long run will be say Friday where depending on where I'm at training, it'll be from 20 Ks to 60 or 70 Ks. Yeah. Um, and that'll be, I'll always be focusing on speed on those ones, but not so much in the last 10Ks because that's where it's like I'm just focusing on getting the run done without stopping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, with your 20K runs and your 15s, when you say focus on time, do you focus on splits or sitting at average speed or are you just like total time? Um, well, it's I, I never... I sometimes have, do look at my... Um, splits mm. and I'm like okay I've got to slow down a little bit yep um, but oh actually no I'm more looking at splits on my longer, longest runs yeah because I don't want to go too quick if I'm going quick on my 20 then I'm like okay this is alright yeah I don't mind that yeah, yeah um, exactly <laughs> yeah but yeah um, so it's more overall time on the 20k runs mm. um, more splits on the longest runs because I don't want to go so fast at the start which mm. is quite easy to do um especially like when you're up to that level of fitness and you're doing like 60k runs the first 20ks you can go a bit quicker than yeah. what you should be doing so i'm always focused on like staying at a really consistent speed mm. yeah does your does your brain operate like around technique because you know people just go oh running is just running like go and run but it's a very mechanical movement mm. Do you think about technique? Well, you probably passed that point now. Do you ever slip into focusing on how you're actually physically running? Yeah, I, I still do. Like, I think I was today because um, I could feel myself looking down a bit more. Yep. On trails, though, you don't really have a choice, though. Um, yeah, you got to watch your footing. Yeah. Oh, this morning I fell over two times and I haven't fallen over on that place <laughs> ever. Yeah. Um, it was because I haven't been out on the trails for a long time. And I was getting so angry and I was like yelling and I was like, I hope there's no one else here because yeah. they're just going to be like, oh my God, what's coming up behind oh, me? What's that mental doing <laughs> over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, Stupid um, foot. <laughs> yeah. 
um so yeah you kind of have to be looking down and um and the amount of snakes that i've seen is just more than your average person so yeah i'm constantly looking for snakes as yeah well. of course um but that how that hinders your posture yeah um and but yeah when if i even when i'm running on like pavement or something like i go out into the boonda wetlands and it's like this nice flat cycling path yeah um after about 40ks i can feel myself like hunching over and that's where i'll, I'll be like focus on yeah focus on putting my head back a bit more because i can just feel myself slouching yeah okay. i hate that i hate it like um so i still focus on it all the time yeah yeah so explain to me or describe to me your perfect running posture oh, i don't know um <laughs> for you specifically i don't know like i i, <laughs> <laughs> I just said I don't know. yeah i just run like i just get out there and but um i ideally i want to look like i'm looking all right yeah like, okay yeah, yeah. so like, you're you're not like mentally checking midsection or like where you said head and posture it's good it's good on a actual race because they've got photographers yeah and i don't want to look like this lazy sloucher so i'm always Uh, like yeah yeah. always got perfect posture yeah yeah perfect (laughs) so they they keep me in check the cameraman on races um so i've just got to keep myself in check but um it only really like i think my posture is all right because i've not had any anything bad happen like yeah, uh, okay. physically um on those last 10 years of running these ultra marathons but i do i'm constantly checking myself like yeah. um in those last like 15 k's or something because i'm feeling really sluggish and i can feel my head just drooping down a bit yeah okay um yeah yeah i mean that's normal though like for if you're running that long like you're tired <laughs> yeah definitely yeah you've always like just get it done man. yeah yeah uh we kind of touched on nutrition at the very start and we don't you said you don't follow uh a nutrition plan mm. do you find yourself eating purposely more post races or post tra- like training runs or anything like that just to refuel or do you, are you just literally just feel it out yeah i usually feel it out but i do um take notice of my protein intake yep um like especially when i'm training properly mm. uh just because i just don't want to um you know get behind on that mm. Um, that's really the only thing I really, um, take any real notice of when I'm not training, I'm really specific about what I eat because I put on weight really quick. Gotcha. Um, yeah, if I'm not exercising something and I'm eating like, uh, like I'm going to notice it in two weeks. I I feel like the amount of output that you would have usually Mm. like swimmers, if you were to stop and continue to eat the same way. Yeah. your body's going to realize exactly that. yeah and you see that with all athletes like once like you know rugby players and stuff mm. like once they um finish they're still eating those like 2000 calorie shakes and things like that yeah but um but yeah so i've just got to all i really have to do is cut back on any kind of junk food or something yeah um but after a race is like i just eat whatever i want like for a week yeah i just don't care and um i usually have um, all my favorite things ready for me ready roll, after yeah. a race, like, because, uh, you know, I sort of stay away from it for as much as I can. Mm. And then I'm just like, you know, this is what I'm looking forward to. And I even think about it during the race. I'm like, I can't wait to eat that. Yeah. When I finish this. What, what's the weakness? What's in that box? Um, spicy corn chips. Yeah. Cool. Always been my number one thing. Yeah. Um, and I always, I never drink it any other time, but I always crave orange juice. Yeah. Like 
orange juice. I don't know why. Just like sugar in a cup. Yeah, like I just the tanginess of it. Um, it's just I crave it like more than anything else when I'm running. Mm. Um, and actually during like people are surprised not so much ultramarathon runners but um when i'm doing a race like a long run i've got like a pouch full of salt and vinegar chips yep. that i crunch up and munch on those during my race okay um or else if i've got a crew they'll have a bag of salt and vinegar chips that i eat during my race yep um i just find i find a lot of things i can't really eat after a certain amount of time mm. and those i've always been able to like they've got Kels, uh, they've got um, calories mm. and salt. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Tick, so, tick. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And a little bit of potassium from whatever potato is left in them. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you... Um, do you supplement with anything? Like, or vitamins or anything like that? Or you just all foods? Um, all foods, mainly. Um, I do add a few things in with, the, like, protein shakes and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't, yeah, go crazy with anything. Yeah, no, yeah. no fish oils, no. No, well, I'm like actually that. vegan. So okay, I, cool. Yeah, I don't. Um, so, I things that I usually eat um, are usually fortified with, yeah, like vitamins and minerals and things. So yeah, I don't have sweet. to worry too much about it. Um, but yeah, like apart from protein shakes and adding a bit of whatever, mm. that's about it. Yeah. Do you find yourself um, struggling more through your multi-stage runs being vegan? Like food-wise? No, no. Um, well, because I'd been vegetarian for a long time yep. leading up to, I think, 2011, I went vegetarian. Mm. And then 2016, I went vegan. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it's not... It's actually... Um, and there's no, like, science behind it, but the I was vegetarian on the one in South Africa, and there was a guy who was vegan who had done that race 10 years in a row or something. Yep. And like, he was like, so he, I just talked to him. I was like, yeah, I reckon I can do it. And then the one I did in Alice Springs, which was my race after that. And then the one in um, Fiji was the race after that were vegan. And yep. they were my best results ever. Okay. So nothing behind it. Like I'm not claiming anything, but I'm just saying it didn't hinder anything. Yeah. 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 Sweet. Yeah. Obviously you can still get everything that you need. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, And obviously you're a testament to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we've talked about nutrition. We've talked about training. We've talked about the mental prep or no need for the mental prep where we're at now. <laughs> yeah. What's the recovery process like? How are you treating your body in the lead up to an ultra or during an ultra? Um, so I'm always really cautious because I've always had, I've had a few occasions where um, I've pushed through something yep. and it's, it's hurt me a lot. Yeah. So I'm always really cautious if I f feel something, mm. um, I'll have a week off. Yeah. Okay. Like I'll do other things. Like yep. I just won't run, like I'll go cycling or something. Yep. Um, so I'm always really careful because there was a race I was supposed to do in India and, um, it actually worked out well in the end, but, uh, I hurt my, yeah, hurt my Achilles tendon. Yep quite badly um like in a run and i had to walk hobble home and i had a week off and then i tried again and it wasn't there I had another week off and it just i wasn't getting any better mm. um and i think a month went past where i had to just pull out of the india race i mm. had to i had my book flights booked and everything and um but it had worked out well because i went on to do the one in south africa yeah so and that was worthwhile in yeah. itself but yeah things like that um 
if so now like yeah if i find anything i just won't even try yeah like i'll just do something else that's less impact like cycling mm. and um yeah so i just listen to what's going on like if i've got a niggling injury like in my foot or something or not an injury like something niggling yeah i'll um just be really mindful of it yeah where in the past i've just been like meh like just, what it is. yeah just get through it and then i've just stuffed everything up yeah, yeah. do you like religiously foam roll or trigger point or stretch or um, any of that stuff funnily enough i do no stretching yeah 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 That's, yeah cool yeah none um i used to um but i was doing it the wrong way where i'd be doing static stretches yep. before before yes yeah, really because <laughs> i just up. i just knew nothing about it i just saw other people doing it yeah <laughs> um but i actually i will if i am doing a um really long run like mm. I actually i do dynamic stretching yeah 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 um just like you know some leg swings and get those synovial get, fluids going and sure. things like that um same with weights like i'll do some arm swings and you mm. know like really really light stuff before i start a workout um, so that's the, that's the extent I'll go to. Mm. Um, and then after a run, like my biggest thing is just relaxing and just like lying in bed and that's it. Take, yeah. Taking the stress off your body. Yeah. 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 Um, let's take it to a multi-stage race. Like at the end of a stage or before the next stage, mm-hmm. are you going through any kind of process or are you just doing your dynamic movements and away you go? Yeah, just the dynamics. I did try um, that in the South Africa one. They had a dedicated, um, some dedicated girls that were doing massages mm. and like back massages and stuff. And I had something. Oh, my shoulders were like quite sore and stuff. Yeah, because you've got your pack on. Yeah, yeah, you've got like ten kgs of, or sometimes more. Mm. Um, I think I got mine down to seven. I was yeah. like pretty good, um, but still, like it's just jarring and yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go have a massage. And I've never had a remedial massage before. <laughs> so you were in pain. I was in so much pain. And she just kept telling me to relax. She was like, just, you have to relax. I was yeah. like, I'm trying. I'm really trying. You're killing me. And like every time she would just dig in, I was just like, oh. Yeah. So I was like, I'm never doing that again. But they're like, oh, if you do it a few more times, like, it'll start feeling a lot better. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing yeah, that. I'll see like, you never. Yeah. <laughs> But um, they couldn't do too much because I had bruising as well. Yeah. And they're like, there's nothing we can really do about that. So that's all I've done. So just dynamic stretching. Yeah. That's all I ever do. Yeah. yeah. Do you, like, with the niggles and things like that, would you see a physio or massage or acupuncture or do you just kind of deal with, like, you just kind of ride it out? I'd ride it out. Um, I've got, like, a friend that's a physio and I'll sometimes get advice from him. Yeah. Um, but generally, if it's not going away, then I'll probably For sure. seek help. Yeah. Um, but I've been lucky where, you know, things just go away. Like, um, yeah. I when I did the one in Fiji, I did have a bit of foot pain. Um, and I got a friend to tape my foot up and stuff. Um, that's the extent I went to. Mm. But, yeah, there was... I mean, when you're in something like that, there's not much you can do. Yeah. And being like... A tuned athlete like you and the amount of constant or repetitive nature that you're putting the like the stress that you're putting on your body it's not like you're going 20k run sprints 20k run like you're yeah, not right. shocking the body you yeah, know what yeah. i mean so yeah yeah it would it would surprise me if you had too many impact injuries or anything mm, like that's that. right yeah yeah i've never had anything oh well i've torn a muscle and 
had some bad ones, but that was like a whole other story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that wasn't anything like what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've had nothing that's lasted. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, let's talk about your gear for a second. So you obviously can't turn up to an ultramarathon being sponsored by Kmart. <laughs> uh, take me through the gear that you use. It's funny you say that because the shirt I was wearing this morning on my ride was, <laughs> was from Kmart. From Kmart. Of course it was. <laughs> like, even in my notes, I wrote Kmart shirt. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was this one, this white one that I've had for years. Like, I remember getting from Kmart. Yeah. They, okay, so Kmart's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> they have some good stuff. Like, yeah, I get a lot of my running t-shirts from Kmart now. Um, you're not buying Kmart shoes, though. No, no. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I don't even think they have real running shoes, do they? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. Couldn't even tell you. <laughs> uh, so take me through the gear. What like what does your ultra marathon kit consist of? So, yeah, usually I've got um, my hockers that I run in. Mm. Um, uh, are they, what are they? A, a shoe brand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, sorry. So, sorry, yeah, Hocker 1-1. Yeah. Um, they're quite well known in the um, ultra marathon um scene yeah okay yeah so they've been around for as long as i've been running ultramarathon so i got in with them 2012 mm. um ran from brisbane to sydney in a pair yep and they lasted really well yeah sweet yeah um are they known in the ultramarathon circle because of like the way they're engineered or they're just comfy they're, or they're um they're a lot different um they've got a lot of padding gotcha so yeah they're the opposite of like you know the vibram like yeah yeah um, barefoot runners barefoot runners, runners. Yeah. yeah they're like on the other end of that yeah gotcha um but they've become a lot more mainstream like you now find them in like um the athlete athlete's foot okay um you know i just saw i was walking down the street there's like a um shoe shop in it the hawkers were in the window so okay they're they're quite quite big now yep. yeah yeah when i started wearing them you, like if you saw someone else wearing them you guys get together and you start got a talking bond, yeah. about them yeah, yeah. <laughs> where now you just most of the field is hawkers like yep. yeah it's massive so they're they're my shoes that i um wear um i i usually have a race pack like um i don't use a camelback anymore and i find most people don't anymore in um these races mm. We use the vests with the bottles in the front. Okay. Um, Why the change? Well, I changed because it's so much quicker changing your water. Like yep. you've got them right there. You can just unscrew, change it up. Um, we're having a bladder in the back with a like, thing dangling around your chest. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, it worked for like all these years that people were doing it and mm. still for a lot of people. But when you're doing these sort of events and you've run 50 kilometers, it sucks taking your whole pack off, pulling that bladder out, holding it there while someone, you know, fills it up for you and chucking it back in and water's splashing everywhere. Yeah. It sucks. Like, I, feel, I feel like that would almost be like if you had a bag on for five hours and you take the bag off and you go, oh, that's the best. And then you got to put the bag back on. Like, I think, would that come into play at all? You know what I mean? Like, would it be... Well, once you put the bag back on, it's two kgs heavier because yeah. you've got two liters of water in there. yeah <laughs> um but these these vests i use um it's called ultimate direction mm. they're so lightweight like okay. they're just feather vests like yep. yeah um you just don't even notice them yeah um and i've got an older version and i've seen some of the newer versions and they just look seamless yeah so you've got your um bottles that they're using now more um, squishy bottles yeah okay um i've got the older like hard just hard plastic yeah, yeah bottles 
Um, and yeah, so you can fit larger bottles in as well if yep. you need to. Um, and I find those work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I do use um, like hiking poles. Yep. Um, if it's a real, if I see the course profile and I see there's like, you know, 10 Ks of incline over three days, mm. I'm like, that's going to be a lot of climbing. Yeah. Um, and I say that because that's been a race that I've done down in Victoria. Did it surprise you? Oh, it was horrible. That uh, <laughs> on the first day I slipped and hurt my ribs and I thought I broke my ribs. So I had to deal with that for the two days after. Gotcha. Yeah. But um, I had my hiking poles <laughs> and I've, uh, I use... I don't write, I don't train with them though. Yep. I've, I'll take them with me just in case. It's a silly question. Do they fold down? Um, the ones I've got, they do, yep. but um, they're not as good as what I've seen others where they can just fold right down into like a pack. Gotcha. Yeah. So I need to upgrade. Yeah. Um, so any in, sponsors out there that want to yeah, get in yeah. touch? Exactly. Um, well, actually, it was my sponsor that gave me those. So pick your game yeah. up. No, <laughs> yeah, I should get in touch. Say, look, I need some new ones. My dog's chewed on them. Like <laughs> perfect excuse. <laughs> um, if I'm doing a long race um, or a multi-day races, we do run in the night, mm. and I've got a headlamp, um, a Petzl. Yeah. Um, it's like the Nao, which is like I think I'm saying it right. Nao. It's in Nao. I think. Um, it's a really cool torch where if you look, if you're close to someone, it'll mm. automatically dim. Okay, cool. So like if you're like, you don't blind people as much. Yeah. Or if you're looking down at the ground, it'll dim to preserve battery. It's, yeah. It's really cool. Um, three levels of brightness. Um, and when you've got on the highest level, it just brights up everything. Yeah, like okay, well. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, is it a little LED? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's really cool. Um, other than that, just regular... Um, Shorts and t-shirts. I've got a Garmin watch. Yep. Um, that I use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you do like any compression stuff? Like. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I've got I use Zensa. Yep. Which is um, another brand that like they send me some cool stuff every now and then. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So I've used them for years. Yeah. Yep. Um. Leg sleeves. So yep. if it's going to be a really long race or something or long run like fifty k run, I'll usually put some compression gear on. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, are you, cause I like, I got long tights and hate them. Yeah. I'll, I'll like, I go the, the quarter length. Oh, sorry. The half length ones. Right. Yeah, any yeah. day. Like I'll yeah. go any day. Yeah. I've, I've, I've worn long ones once I think, mm. um, in a race, um, only purely for the fact that it was freezing cold. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't for anything else. Um, but generally I'll wear like the sort of tight shorts mm. and some leg sleeves. I don't know if you've worn those before. So they're, they're like, they're, they're, they're like calf sleeves. Yeah, yeah. They look like socks. Yeah. Like long socks. Yeah. Um, so they're really good. Like you just pull them up and they don't slide down or anything. Yeah. yeah okay. I've, yeah. I've seen them. I've never used them. Yeah. Um, but I've never done anything that's in the realm of, yeah, yeah, you for know, sure. 20 plus, col- oh, 40 plus kilometers, yeah. you know, um, Speaking of mental races and mental runs that you've done, I want to talk about New Zealand. Uh, I've seen that you've done a couple of different interviews about it. Yeah. And I purposely didn't want to watch oh, good. Watch yeah. them because I wanted to, like, I don't, don't know if these questions are going to be the same. I'm sure some will be. Yeah. But I want to kind of come at it from a different way. For sure. So 
tell people the, the New Zealand run that I'm talking about. <laughs> so um, I, in 2010, actually 10 years today. Oh, wow. Um, Happy anniversary. Yeah. Um, I ran the entire length of New Zealand. So I would have been coming into week two mm-hmm. today. 10 years ago. Wow. So probably just out of the South Island. Yeah, okay. Um, it's 2,200 kilometers. Mm-hmm. And I averaged, um, I think I averaged around 70 or 80 kilometers each day. Yeah. So I had one rest day in the South Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, would you class this as the toughest run that you've done? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was the longest mm. for sure. Well, yeah. I would like to think <laughs> it's the longest. Um, it's hard to tell because like when I compare it, I, you can't compare it to anything else um, because of, of how crazy that is. I mean, running for a month. Yeah. Um, and I did get injured on it, which I touched on before, like with um, tearing a muscle and stuff like that. Mm. So dealing with that sort of thing is probably the hardest thing that I've ever done. Management. Yeah, management. Yeah. yeah. And there's not much you can do to manage it um, when you're doing those distances every day with injuries where you shouldn't be running. Yeah. But uh, in saying that, like I've done, like the race I've done over in Turkey, those five or six days of running were the toughest that I've done. Gotcha. Um, in that sort of environment. Mm. Like it was the, the terrain was just unlike anything else. Yeah. The three days I did in Victoria, like with the 10 Ks of incline. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Like yeah. That's, I, I don't know if I could do that for 28 days. Well, they're just all different animals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's hard to, dis, it's hard to um, compare. I've done Brisbane to Sydney, a thousand Ks. Yep. Um, that was relatively easy, well, not easy, but it was, um, I did, <laughs> I did shorter distances cause it was 70 Ks a day yeah. average for that, but it was flatter. Yeah. Okay. Like it was more close to tug the coastline. And, um, so in that regard, it was easier. Yeah. What was the, okay, well let's, let's go breakdown. What was the breakdown of your run? Like, were you aiming to get from the New Zealand run? Were you aiming to get a certain distance every day? Yeah. Well, um, the way I planned it, I had to, because I had, um, lots of booked accommodation for each night gotcha so full planning had gone <laughs> so, into it so yeah full on planning like I had a friend who was crewing for me for the whole month yeah he quit his job to do it Neil Hope thanks like, Neil was his name yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was like so really thankful for him um but yeah, so we had accommodation booked for most of the nights. Um, there was the odd night we would have to camp, mm. but we could, even those days we couldn't go any shorter because that means we would have to do longer the next day to get the, the yeah, accommodation. Of so um, yeah, it was always planned. Every every day was planned. Um, I had each distance worked out for every single day. Yeah. Um, and I had a time frame of where I'd like to be each day, which was starting at 5 a.m. and finishing by 5 p.m. Mm. Yeah, that's what I would always strive for. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, was, the, was there any speeds in mind or, hey, we're we just going to get through this? No, no, there was nothing like that. Um, it was just finishing each day and just, yeah, focusing on one day at a time. Like, cause yeah. you just can't think about that sort of thing with that. Yep. Yeah. Maybe on the first day. Yeah. Yeah. Versus <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I feel good. <laughs> yeah. 28 days later. Yeah. Uh, was there any plan for the food and the hydration side of things? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was all, I was still so new to the whole thing. Yep. I'd done two and a half ultra marathons, the first yep. two. And then the one that I pulled out of yep. halfway through, that was my background and ultra marathon and now i'm gonna run the length of new zealand yeah yeah because yeah. i was still at that age where i was like yeah i can do anything bulletproof yeah um which i helped because i actually managed to do it 
Um, where now I'd be like, oh, I can't be bothered doing yeah, that. It's yeah, so long. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had. Um, so I still remember the the plateau of food that Neil would have for me yep. every ten k's. Every ten k's, he would have food ready for me. Mm. There'd be a he'd have a this white paper plate which would have half a banana, a couple of chocolate chip biscuits, a muse half a muesli bar, and some salt vinegar chips. Yeah, and I'd never eat all of it. Yeah, I'd e- eat what I could, and um and he'll just top it up for the next ten. Oh, so um, that was like a snack thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a meal. I was like, bro, that's not much at all. (laughs) That was throughout the whole day. Gotcha. Yeah, every 10 kilometers he would stop and he would have that ready for me. Gotcha. Um, And then, but like even nutrition, like I just had no clue what I was doing. Like he would, Neil would come with like, um, like what is that noodle place that um, you get the potted noodles, like the... um, like like a ramen noodle kind of thing, or no, the box of noodles. Oh, like, noodle box, noodle box. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the box of noodles, noodle box. Yeah, noodle. yeah. Like he'll he'll bring something like that, and yeah. for me, like this greasy, like yeah, a bit of fish and chips or something. Like I wasn't vegetarian or anything back then. Like just had no clue what I was doing. Yep. Like so, I didn't know anything about nutrition. Mm. <laughs> so this is what I was eating. Like yeah, just whatever. Yeah, well, we could you, get our hands on. Yeah. You'd be burning at such a rate. That oh it, yeah, it, yeah doesn't matter i lost a lot of weight yeah yeah do you what off the top of your head do you remember what you started and finished at? i would have been in my probably 73 or something um i got down to like i probably lost close to 10 kg holy like, shit. yeah i was i saw a photo of like this really unflattering photo that neil took of me walking up this driveway to the, the accommodation and i remember the place it was down in the south island um probably like a week out to the end mm. and like i i look gaunt yeah like i look gross yeah but i put it on pretty quick after like, yeah the race yeah, yeah well like you said we just when you eat and you're not moving that much yeah, it yeah. just comes straight back in That's it, yeah um did you train specifically for it or like we spoke about oh, did you yeah, just kind yeah. of like roll no yeah i trained really hard for that one like um and i actually had a knee injury um near the end of my training mm. and which luckily didn't happen during... It was the thing I was worried about the most. But um, I, I got up to 80-kilometer training runs. Yeah, okay. Um, in the, and I was training in Sydney, and I had this route that would go way out into, like, um, some area, like a rural kind of area, mm. um, to this river. And I, I was trying to find it on a map just the other day. Because uh, it's been 10 years I've been, like, re- re- like thinking about it. And yeah. just been like, oh, I can't Do it again. That. No. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, and I just, 80Ks was the target because that's what I was sort of averaging in at least the first three weeks of the run. Mm. Um, so I, my main goal was to um, do these long training runs, like once I'll do 20K runs during the week, like I still do, and then my long one on the weekend. And the 80K goal was to to manage an 80k run and feel good enough to do it the next day mm-hmm. and so every time i did one of my long runs like 60 50 60 70 it'll be like do i feel good enough to do that again that was my main focus gotcha yeah yeah so, so was that just a mental check for yourself like well mental and physical yeah like, um, because i was going to be doing that yeah. yeah so i wanted to get to that point where i could do it and i did do uh, in the last sort of week or two weeks of training, I did some back-to-back runs mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling all right. 
Yeah. Like I was, I was like, I was doing 80k runs and then going out clubbing like that night. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was the cheapest night ever. I have one drink <laughs> exactly, and yeah. you're done. Like I look back at that. I'm like, man, like that was crazy time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like months and months. And I was, had a full-time job as well. How did you juggle that training load around life? Yeah. Like I, looking back like i really did well like mm. doing that like um because my job it was a factory job at the moment i was staying with my brother and his family and um i would uh cycle to the train station at like four thirty-five in the morning get the train cycle to work do a proper full day at work mm. cycle back um get the train cycle back home and then i'd have my training run for the week like 20ks or i would go to the gym and um and so my days were just non-stop. That's a big day. Yeah, for a, and like looking at I was 20 21 22 years old. Mm. Like I'm like man that is good going. I, like I'm <laughs> that's, that's work ethic, bro. Yeah, that's what like that is. I, it was crazy. And um and then doing my long runs on Saturday like uh, mm. like it started out like 20 30 40 50 60. I'd add I can't remember how many I'd add each week. It mm. would be like two and a half k's a week or something I yep. had on, so it was, it was very gradual. But over months and months, I think I gave myself eight months for mm. it, and um, yeah. So, and then and I still remember hanging out with friends like on weekends, like yep. doing that run in the morning and then going and hanging out with some friends Saturday night. Like, do you did you ever feel beaten or like physically spent or look even now? Do you do you get like that? Looking back at that, I I just don't remember feeling that way yep. which is crazy um now like the the only time i do now is if i don't get enough sleep yep. like um that's the only thing that really but like this morning i did like that 15k trail run and i i reckon i could go back and do it again now. yeah 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 um so like i still feel good yeah yeah i've still got enough energy yeah going to the back to the new zealand run i i assume like we spoke about earlier day two was the worst no, no, it wasn't actually. Um, everything went pretty smooth until day five. Yeah. And that's where I got really severe shin splints. Okay. That's where things started falling off, like falling apart for me. Yeah. Um, and it, it wasn't until the South Island, you know, after I'd gotten past some injuries where I was fatigued. Mm. Like I was so tired. Yeah. And I couldn't get a good pace going. Like I was jogging. Yeah. And like I, I remember getting frustrated and like just saying to Neil, I'm like, I'm just, you know, I'm so tired. Like yep. I can't go any faster. Um, and we were finishing past where we would like to. And so, yeah, that sort of thing was playing into it later on. Yeah. But then by the end of it, that's when I was feeling my best. Yeah, okay. Like the last couple of days. I mean, I had given myself a rest day and the Ks were getting shorter. Like there was a 30K day. Yeah. And like the last week and a half. And so I that was more, almost a rest day in itself. Mm. And um, which is funny to say. Like yeah, people... it's just a, a 30K rest <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I was like, I'd finish up. Like, I can't believe I've got the whole day mm. like to do whatever. And then... um. And there were some days at the end which like wound down to like 50 and stuff. But the first two weeks was dealing with injury. The midweek or the third week was um, dealing with fatigue. Mm. And then the last week was like the home stretch and feeling all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Explain to me that feeling of finishing. You're in the final day and you've just run for 20. You're in the 28th day of running. How did you feel like coming into that finish spot? 
it was crazy. Um, I mean, thinking about what I'd gone through because it wasn't like I had torn like a muscle in my quad mm. and I had um, gotten really bad shin splints on day five, and then de- and then in the South Island like. I dealt. We were dealing with torrential rain, like mm. days of torrential rain. That and, would have um, been fun. And it, even though it was summer uh, in the South Island, like it was freezing cold in some places where I was rugged up, like in thermals and jumpers and beanies. Yeah. Like at the start of the thing, like wind, like there would be nah. windy days. Like nope. this this long hill, like it was around. I think it was around Dunedin. This massive hill. Like um, and even though it's on the like road, so it's not as crazy as trail. Yeah, it was just this nonstop hill with headwind coming down at you. It would have been like you're standing still. Yeah, yeah. And so um, so getting through all of that, like some of the accommodation was dodgy. Like we we're camping on like a golf course and things yeah. like that. Um, just doing what you had and, to do. And like me and Neil were we were like with each other for a month and you know i was getting agitated he was actually quite cool yeah calm but you know that sort of stuff um and so finishing it the last day i remember it was from um invercargill um i think that's yeah invercargill to bluff which is probably about 30 or 40 50 k's mm. 50 k's maybe um so that was my last day yeah and we had a news crew waiting for us at because um, <laughs> that's what you want yeah at 10 a.m um so i had to actually slow down because um to meet them there oh yeah because i didn't want to finish it before they yeah, got there so so we were just like chilling out the whole morning yeah okay. um so we started at i we started at five wanted to finish at 10 so we were just like I was feeling really good. Um, the news crew got there um, just as we were getting into Bluff. And, and yeah, I was just thinking about it. And I was like, I can't believe, like, I've done this. Yeah, yeah. And um, the local mayor was there, like, to shake my hand. Oh, hey, wow. And he's, like, quite, quite well known throughout New Zealand because he's um, been in, like, film and TV and stuff. He's, like, quite eccentric and yeah, stuff. Okay. And, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was there to greet us. And, um and yeah, so it was a surreal experience, like finishing it. And like, we had done this. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That sense of accomplishment would have been not, oh, almost overwhelming. You it know? was. Like, um, like I had to pause. Like, I was like, <laughs> getting a bit teary. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, because they have the signpost that has all the um, the, the different countries and stuff. Yeah. They have, you know, they have those in some place. And that's at the bottom of New Zealand. And they have it at the start of New Zealand where I started. Gotcha. So it was really cool to get to the signpost. So like you yeah. start at the signpost and finish there. And, um, and so, yeah, like finish that and yeah, I just, I remember putting my head down and be like, oh, like, uh, <laughs> I want to start yeah, crying yeah. in front of these people. Um, but then like, I, I was like, oh, nice to meet you. And, um, and then we went out for lunch and like, just talked about it all mm. with the mayor and everything. And yeah, it was really cool. It well, was really cool. You've just put your body under so much stress for a month straight. And like all your emotions are like heightened. Mm, exactly. Exactly. And yeah. cause you're just that un- like tired. As my dogs go mental outside, <laughs> you're that tired, and your body's been under so much stress. It's like, and and anything could set you off. That's right, yeah, and like um, and that's what people don't realize when you're in these sort of races and stuff. Like your senses, like do, and emotions do get really heightened. Like mm. you can start thinking about like a movie and start crying. Like yeah. it's real weird. Yeah, <laughs> you are on edge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's really strange. Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, obviously when you do something like that, it's, yeah, it's another level. Yeah, for sure. How broken was your body in the days after? Um, well, it's, 
It wasn't because it was broken all throughout the whole thing, except the last four days. Mm. I felt so much better. Yeah. Um, so I had, yeah, put my body through so much stress um, during it. But I mean, that's how good the body is. Like it just starts coping and dealing yeah, with it. It adapts. And it, it adapts for sure. Um, like who knew you could run through shin splints and a torn muscle? Yeah. I mean, I, I was hobbling, but <laughs> I, I didn't enjoy it after a while. Like I was running again. Yeah. Um, and it, they went away. Like, even though you're still putting it under tremendous stress, like these injuries, mm. they eventually hit, like got better. Yeah. 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 Was it, after you'd finished, was it like, cool, I'm not going to run again. For, oh, for sure. Like, yeah. I didn't run for quite a while after that. Like, I like I think mentally it was more taxing. Yeah. Yeah, by the end of it. I was just like, I don't want to get up and run. Like, um, and some people, like, I know some ultra marathon runners that are just, they, they can do it. Like, they can yeah. do it again, like, uh, after a, a week's rest or something. But I need that time to, like... Otherwise, I'm going to burn out and, you know... You'll build a negative relationship with Yeah, it. that's right. And so, um, it was a while before I started doing it. And, and when I did start running, it was just purely to be fit. Like, mm. you know, for fitness yeah. purposes. There was no race, no run that I wanted to do. Um, and it wasn't until, like, 2012 where I started thinking about things again. I think I may have done... A race here and there i can't remember mm. um but it was 2012 where i was like okay i'm gonna get in this again yeah or 2011 actually yeah um looking back on the new zealand run is it one of the biggest accomplishments that you've you've ticked off oh no doubt like yeah yep. for sure um i mean it's the one of the toughest things i've ever done but distance wise and like how long it took to train for it and mm. and how long it took to accomplish like um, like I think there's only, there's been a few people that have done it, but only about four people that have done it in a month or less. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's three or four people. So I'm one of those and like, so it's, that's a, cool, man. Yeah. That's a cool accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does it like in total, do you know how many people who've done it? Um, it would be about a dozen, I think. So wow. not many, it's only a handful. Yeah. Yeah. But in recent years, like since I did it, a lot of people started doing it. Yeah. Like, um, and I, and for some reason, I don't know if it was a slow news day, but um, it got around. Like, yep. yeah. And I was uh, at a friend's house like two weeks, a week or two after, and they were talking about it on the radio. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were talking about me on the radio. <laughs> and, that would um, have been a mind, like, um, mind-blowing. The Fox News website in U- the US yeah. had an article on it. Like, and it was That's just crazy. Yeah, real crazy. And um, so not much was going on in the world, obviously. Yeah, like we're, quite. They're, yeah. they're, they're picking this up. <laughs> but it got it out there. And, um, and I don't know if that was like why more people started doing it. Mm. But um, quite a lot of people started doing it after that. But before me, there was only like, there was hardly anyone that had done it. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of like, some people have just walked it and things like that. Yeah. But um, yeah. Speaking of like, you said you got through your injuries and, and whatnot. What would hurt more? Actually, dealing with the injuries or not living up to the expectation? Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously not living up to the expectation because I was pushing yep. through that. Like, um, if it was nothing else, I would just, yeah, just be like, oh, let's try this another time. But um, the thing was, I was actually visiting schools okay. throughout it. Yeah, so I would, um, halfway through the day, I would stop in at a school and talk about my run and stuff. And um, all my friends knew about it. I'd put it up on, like, you know, social media at the time, which was not that big. Like, mm. Facebook was pretty much it. Um, and 
so you know we had like a gathering with my friends before the big run mm. and so yeah all that was through my mind i was like i have to do it i, <laughs> I can't do not it. do it yeah <laughs> like and i and the thing is there were some people um a couple of people told me that i wasn't going to do it mm. and that i was being unrealistic and stuff and you know that just made me want to prove them wrong yeah like I was just like, screw you. Like, I'm going to do this. That little chip yeah, yeah. does wonderful things. Like, I remember the conversation with this guy. It was like um, sort of an, an in-law. Mm. He was like, um, there's no way you're going to do this. Like, to my face. Like, I was like, I don't know what to say to him. Yeah. But <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah. Jesus. He was like, oh, you know, what if you hit a storm? Or what if you get injured? Um, you know, there's just no way you're going to finish this. And, yeah. And like every time like I go off and do like a, some public speech, I always go back to that. And I always say, you know, I did hit a storm and i got really injured mm. but i did get through it for sure um and yeah his words always in my head i was like i'm gonna f- i'm gonna prove you <laughs> I'm gonna like, fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was like that but but more so like visiting the schools along the way and like how into it they got yeah these kids and i'm like man i really want to like show that i did it yeah sort of thing yeah yeah it, so, it would be nice to tick off for yourself, but you're also ticking off for yourself, showing to others that you can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I think at the time, like being that age, like you know, getting into these runs, I felt like I had something to prove, sort of mm. thing, um, which isn't the best way to go about things or why you should do something. Yeah. Um, but looking back, it definitely was. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was an <laughs> that was something. Well, oh, like I, like I said, I didn't. I purposely didn't see, like, watch all of it so I could ask questions that you probably yeah. answered before. But, like, when they did the map and, like, oh, yeah, the here is the, and, like, actually map the trek out. Yeah. I was like, man, like, I get it. You've run, like, you, I understand you ran tip to tip, but, like, when you get to see it on the map, yeah, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a gnarly run. Yeah. It's, that's ridiculous. It's yeah. And, you know, I would like to go back and run the length of New Zealand. Um, but not on the road. They've got, now got a trail that joins up throughout the whole length. Oh, wow. Um, and there's been a couple of people that have done it now. Yeah. Um, and I would like to do that. Like, because um, that's just a whole new ball game. Like, yeah. It would take longer to do. It would just... But I wouldn't be doing... Like, because I was, like, focused on that 28 days because mm. it's, like, a, it's a month. I wanted to get into that time frame. Yeah. Um, with this one, like, I don't feel like I need to prove anything. Like, uh, I would like to just casually just get through, through it yeah and do yeah that. yeah yeah so we've looked a lot at your running in general some of the runs that you've done new zealand specifically i want to look a little bit more um at yourself as we get towards the back end here um what do you do for you oh uh, well yeah um yeah. you'll be surprised actually like um like do you mean like um what do i do like outside of running for myself like yeah um, so w- what do you do that is purely for yourself that is outside of running yeah well uh, um i mean i'm if i'm not running i'm yep. quite lazy yeah cool yeah yeah like um <laughs> i like relaxing yeah like i'm huge on relaxing but i am dedicated to that sort of thing like mm. i will always make time for that but you know i love to just um you know i'm a big anime fan yeah cool. like full-on anime yep. like i'll just chill out and watch that studio ghibli or something like that mm-hmm. um dragon ball z Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, cool. Um, even to the unknown stuff. like, But um, video games. Yep. 
like I'm full into video games. Mm-hmm. I've actually, um, how, how old are you? I'm 31. Okay, so you would know um, the Sega Mega Drive. Yeah, yeah, of course. I've got a massive collection. I've got a room. Saw yeah. that photo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was like, man, that is well organized. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I collect that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, I still into PS4. I recently got a Nintendo Switch um, for like the Legend of Zelda mm. game. Um so I'm all into that sort of thing. Yeah. Big reason why I went to Japan, like to yeah. see that sort of stuff in Tokyo. Did, did was there any like Comic Con equivalent when you're in Japan? Um, not at the time, but there is yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I usually go to those sort of things like Supernova here. And yeah, stuff. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they do quite well here in Australia, which is cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm all into that. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> like it's it's interesting now having done the solid handful of episodes that I've done. Everyone who is so switched on with whatever their profession is, mm. like professional hobby or sport or, you know, career, whatever, their downtime is something that is mentally stimulating. Yeah. But it's also very basic. Yeah, yeah. So sure. it's it's like, it's computer games, it's video games, it's um, like your animes or like sitcoms or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah binge watching things like that and it's just something to either switch your brain completely off from whatever it is you're doing exactly but to kind of keep it active at the same yeah, time yeah for sure like yeah i love being engaged by all that stuff yeah like um i mean you you always see me on the computer like finding the next like game for my collection or something yeah, cool. like it's it becomes sometimes i get quite obsessed with it it's mm. really crazy um or there's like some certain games that are going to be released and i'm i'm literally counting down the days for yep. them for the release date yeah like i was like that with the red dead redemption 2 um and there's a new one coming out later this year and they've like announced the um zelda um, sequel for the Nintendo Switch, so I'm like just pumped for that. Yeah. So that gets me excited. So yeah, it's um, it's funny because I know people from different areas of that sort of subculture mm. of like anime and video games, and then people in ultra marathon running who have their own things. But it's like two completely separate things. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, outside of running, what are you passionate about? Um, well, I'm quite passionate about like, um, the environment and all yep. that sort of stuff. Um, and I wanted to, um, do a lot more this year for sort of raising awareness and doing my own bit for yeah. that sort of thing. Um, you know, especially with the recent bushfires, mm. um, and all that. Um, and that's, that's been a big thing of mine for a while yeah um especially like animal welfare and stuff i the brisbane to sydney run i did was for animal welfare to raise money oh it's like a fun oh like a charity run kind of thing yeah but my own one yeah yeah um, i did it for um wspa which is now i think um wpa world society for protection of animals yeah okay um so that's always been a big thing for me um and i'm actually going over to the amazon rainforest when I go to Brazil mm. and I'm staying at this eco lodge and we're going to be sort of working together. Um, we're not sure what on yet, mm-hmm. but it's collaborate with something to do with the recent fires they had in the Amazon yep. and comparing with the Australian, like things that um, not sort of what ignited them, but what sort of prolonged them and that sort of thing. Yeah, so okay. we're going to do something with that because I've got like some sort of, I've got a little bit of a presence on social media. Yeah. So like, I want to like use that for that sort of thing yeah cool yeah um so passionate about obviously environment is there anything else 
that keeps you keeps you the fire burning you know what i mean oh i mean i've got my dog yeah um, yeah yeah that was, was actually one of my questions <laughs> cool i was like oh is he is he gonna think i'm like gonna be talking about my dog yeah, yeah. um uh yeah like i <laughs> i'm obsessed with my dog yeah um like yeah he's number one in my life like yeah over anything yeah like um i would cancel anything out else out in my <laughs> so life good. for yeah. my dog yeah and i don't I'm, i don't say that like lightly i really would like i would sell everything i have for my dog if he needed it like yeah that's yeah. how like so um i'm always i actually work my life around my dog like, yeah that's <laughs> so cool and yeah, crazy yeah. at the same yeah. time yeah so um if i'm late or something whatever i'm doing at work or whatever mm. um i start stressing in my head like he's going to be thinking where i am yeah gotcha. um, he's got a huge personality as well like it's really cool like yeah. he'll um he'll tell me off if i'm late like yeah. he'll bark at me and like push me <laughs> like he actually pushes me yeah. and like just look at me like where have you been yeah yeah um you've let me down yeah yeah so um yeah he is a rescue dog um i've had him for two years now american staffy um so yeah that's yeah he's everything like yeah <laughs> um so he like i like going on little road trips with him and yeah just, that, that's what i was gonna say do you take uh take him with you yeah well i can't all the time but i've got a like um i've got a good sort of network of mm. like uh, i've got a friend that takes care of him and if i can't get anything organized like i've got a um local well it's not local anymore but a um what do you call it um not a daycare like uh, a kennel, kennel. Yeah. yeah yeah um so i've found one that works for me yeah um so i've used where's, where's that at that one's in sandgate i think okay so, yeah, yeah yeah so it's yeah i know there's one at sanford that's like hotel quality i've seen that on website yeah you know i wouldn't spend that much money on yeah. that because my dog wouldn't care about that sort of thing yeah all he needs is a ball yeah and like he's going to be happy staffy <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've taken him on some like 5k runs and stuff and he's really good at those. Um, but I don't want to take him on anything longer than nah. that. Yeah, yeah. I can uh, like with our pups, take them for a spin and they're both staff mixes and they're, they're good for like a while and then yeah. it's knitted. Yeah, well, he's like, he's got a mix, I think, because he, um, <laughs> he's nonstop man. Like yeah, he okay. is we can spend all day at the dog park and he'll have a rest. Yeah. Um, but he'll, if a new dog comes along, then he's like, it's like, he's got something to prove. And yep. he's like, I can chase this ball faster than you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's always ready to do something. Like, yeah. And he's, um, he's switched on as well. Like if he sees me, there's a particular drawer, which has his poop bags in. Yeah. If he sees me open that, he looks at me like, yeah, doing something we're going um, if he sees me put sunscreen on yeah he's like oh am i going to be going on with you for this yep. wherever you're going because it's, out, it's outdoors they work it out yeah they do yeah and we used to have them crate because i used to live um with my ex-partner um with another dog yeah and um and we used to have to crate them when because they would just play fight and tear up the furniture and yeah, stuff yeah gotcha when we weren't there and um he was escaping. We just thought he was just barging his way through the hinges mm. and stuff. But when um, this electrician came, he got really excited. We put him in the crate and stuff. And he started using his teeth to open up 
the little latches. Yep. Yeah, and it's like, whoa, like, yeah. that's crazy. Our, do- our tan dog, the younger one, worked out that if he pushed on this gate on the side here, the deadbolt would actually come out. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they were just out roaming the streets because yeah. he'd worked out how to get out. Exactly, yeah. Like, what? And, like, we only saw it because he thought we'd gone out, but we were still here, and we heard him rattling at wow. the gate. Wow, you're right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some cool footage online, like, on YouTube. You can see... Um, this at the pound mm. all the dogs are always like loose yeah. every day and they put cameras in and this one dog managed to escape and would unlatch every single that's latch cool. for all the other dogs so they'll <laughs> just have this big party throughout the night that's awesome but yeah they're like if you don't own a dog and stuff you just don't understand how great they are like yeah. they, they are so switched on and onto it yeah like, exactly yeah they're so cool and um he was actually um left originally left in a pound in rockhampton yeah um and i found the original post that the rescue group had posted they needed an urgent foster carrier because he was it was at a kill shelter so oh, wow he was gonna be killed yeah yeah so they needed someone urgent and he went through two or three different fosters he ended up way down in byron bay mm. and um and i found him like on the website yeah i was like oh like he's the one like yep. yeah and um He's my new friend. But he was, he, it took him a while. Like, he had no interest in me. Yeah. Like, for a while, or anyone else, but just the other staffy that we had. Yeah. And, like, they were just best friends and stuff. But it was just really hard for me because I was just like, I couldn't see his personality or anything. Yeah, okay. And um, we were just having trouble. Like, this, the furniture was getting ripped to pieces. But we thought it was him because it never happened before. But it was actually the um, Nimbus, the other little yep. staffy. She was getting excited and ripping it up. She had never done that before because we had no other dog. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was getting so angry at him for tearing everything up. I wrecked my PlayStation controller. And, yeah. And the end, it wasn't even him. Um, but... Yeah, after a while, like, it took probably a good month mm. before, like, he was a bit settled, but he had huge anxiety. Like, if we left the house, like, he would freak out. Yeah. Even if the other dog was there, he would try and break out of the house and just scream, like, yeah. like he was being beaten up. Yeah. And um, it took a long time. Um, like, we, me and him moved to a couple other places, and he he still had that. Yeah. And it, where we are now, he's finally settled down where I can just start getting ready for work, and he'll just go into the bedroom and just chill out. And yeah. He doesn't do it anymore. So it's taken him a long time. And I think that's just because he'd been gone from owner to the pound to three different foster carers to two owners to one owner. and He, so, didn't, he didn't know where home was. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so... Um, it takes time and like um, I know a lot of people when they do get a new dog or like and I really advocate adopting dogs mm. like, um, really, yeah both the other yeah, adoptions yeah, yeah. like um, so yeah adopt and like you know if you if you don't feel it's working out give it that month because it takes that amount of time to um, for that bond to actually start happening yeah where some people they just give up after two weeks and they're just like it's not happening we're not best friends yet yeah yeah so yeah. it takes time and that's something I really, really stress like, and I put it on Instagram and stuff, and like, yeah, you know, like adopt, don't shop, sort of thing. And yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's another thing that I am into. Yeah, mate, that's <laughs> hey, so are we. It is totally yeah. fine. Yeah. Last question uh, before we finish the the chat off with a bit of advice. So, last question is, what challenge is next? Yeah, everyone always asks me this, and I never have anything set up. Um, whatever comes up. Yeah, whatever comes up. I, like, I am training again, um, so I'm pushing myself. I want to get up to, like, that 20K base. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because I've, I feel like I've always done it the wrong way. I've always looked at a race and then um, started training for that particular race. And I always start late. Yeah, okay. Like I always start late. Where I want to not look at any races and I want to get myself up to like a like 40, 50 Ks where I'm really comfortable at the distance because when I'm training for a race, I get to that, I just get to that distance and I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to just not look at any races, just get to that distance and um, and then look at a race and be like, okay, there's one that's two months. Mm-hmm. I'm going to carry on with what I'm doing now and I'm going to be like, try and get my best. Yeah. Because I'm never trying that anymore. Like recently is getting like my best time or anything. So I really want to focus on that. Um, but it's going to be hard because in July I start studying. Like yeah, okay. I'm going to be studying um, conservation and land management. And so that's going to be different. Um, I'm going to, you know, be working less, mm. so having less money to travel and yeah. pay for these races overseas. Um, but I'm going to be looking for something, like for sure. But going to feed moment, that hunger. At the moment, there's nothing in the pipeline. I've got nothing um, set in stone. But down the track, I do want to do something big again, like like the New Zealand run mm. or Brisbane to Sydney. Yeah. Because um, it is cool to do those ones. Um, but I am going to try and do those multi-day stage races like once a year. Like, yeah. They're just so cool. Like, so yeah. much fun. Yeah. Um, mate. We finished the podcast off with advice. So I'm going to throw different situations at you All or right. different scenarios and you're going to give advice either to yourself or to someone <laughs> else. Okay? All right. All right. So advice to yourself before running your first ultra. Uh, is this in hindsight? Like, yep, yeah, hindsight. Yeah. yeah. Um, God, it went so good. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy, yeah. yeah. Actually, like... I really wouldn't do anything different for that one because I did that as perfect as you could mm. for your first ultra marathon. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, um, I would, if I was to give my advice to other races since then, it would be to look back at that first one and train as long as it is hard as I did for yep. that. And like, no, I made no excuses for that. Yeah. Like training runs and stuff. I would be training before work. I would be getting like, we were my work at the time was weather dependent. Mm-hmm. If I had a moment where we were like on a weather hold, I would go out and run. Yeah. Where I ha- I don't do that so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Where I was that dedicated. So yeah, that's if I was yeah, I think I did that well. And anyone else training for their first one was like to just be dedicated to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Advice to someone who's looking to make the jump into the next um, distance bracket. So be it half to full, full to ultra you know even looking at changing into trail yeah um someone actually asked me that on instagram like a, a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. they had done a marathon and they were doing their first um 50k yep um and they were just asking like about you know just general advice yeah and there's not that much difference from that distance like from 42 to 50 mm. um you can pretty much train the same way like um you can train for how you did it in the marathon you'll be able to finish the ultra mm. um and anyone that does a 50, like usually 50, um, most people try and do the 100. Um, yep. There are like obviously distances in between, but um, the 50 to the 100, like once you've done a 50, your mindset is, I think, is a bit different yep. than it was in your half or like um, full marathon. So you're almost already there. Does, is it the, the mindset changes like we spoke about earlier, where it's like you're just kind of in it now? Yeah, yeah. And like... Um, 
you're not too focused on the distance anymore like in where with the half marathon the marathon you're looking at every kilometer mm. like you're you're like yeah okay i've done this time for this kilometer sort of thing or mm. I've got this many kilometers left and you do do that like in the end of every race you're just like in the last 10 or 20 k's you're like okay that's when you start counting kilometers yeah because it's getting so difficult yeah and you're just doing one at a time but up to that you're not at all you're yeah. just going with emotions um but yeah like um you learn on your training like yeah. you really do like um like especially for my first one i learned everything in my training mm. um and anything leading up to like my new zealand run like i learned as much as i could in my training how my body was going to react to certain distances and things like that yeah um so yeah your training is really key like to start pushing yourself in those distances mm. uh if you're doing your first 100 k's like you like you're most likely done a marathon or a 50 um and in your training you want to do those 60k runs some people will only do a 50k run for their 100k run yeah yeah like i've been in 50k races and um they're like yeah this is my peak run for my 100k race in yeah. two weeks time or whatever um but you're more experienced i think if you're doing that because yeah. you're already mentally like going to get through that yeah where if it's your first one yeah i find just like seeing how you go in your training and learning from all of that so 60 or 70k runs if you can get through a 70k run you're going to be fine for 100 for sure yeah okay yeah. uh advice to someone or training advice to someone who wants to crack a certain time for their run yeah well you've got to train like um how you're going to race w- with and i mean that with uh, if it's going to be a trail run or a road run mm-hmm. like when i was doing that first one um on the road i was definitely looking at a time mm-hmm. um where a trail run if i was to do that i've never really looked at times for trail yeah. runs um just because they're so different they're so different yeah um and yeah if i was i would be out on the trails every single run Mm -hmm. like yeah i wouldn't be doing any road runs i'd be doing like um you know up and down the same massive trail hill like that's got the biggest amount of distance uh incline and distance Mm -hmm. like doing that over and over i'd be doing that sort of thing um where on the road like you can do your interval training Mm -hmm. and you can do that on the trail as well but it's that sort of it's that difference so yeah it depends what you're training for um and yeah i find things like um doing a speed training run and interval training for sure like just boosts you hard yeah okay i don't do that too much because i don't care too much about it anymore Mm -hmm. but i did do it um earlier on yeah um and it worked like for sure interval training i think is really really beneficial yeah cool. yeah um in saying that though i do when i am training for a trail race i do the whole like um going as hard as i can up a hill mm. jogging back down going as hard, hard as i can so that's in kind of like interval training um obviously you can't go as fast but it really helps like yeah. doing that sort of thing yeah yeah cool last last one advice to yourself any piece of advice to yourself before new zealand run Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that I wouldn't do the same. Yep. Um, like the amount of kilometers I put on yep. myself in the first week was over 400 kilometers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's almost 500. Um, but I don't regret it at all. I'm, yeah, okay. I'm glad that I did do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
because that's the reason why I got injured. Yeah. Like, like I got massive shin splints on day five, on day 10, I tore a muscle just because I was thrashing my body so much. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll do it differently. Uh, but in saying that, if I was to do it again, I wouldn't, I would want to beat my time. Like, yeah. So I'd want to beat it like yeah. by a day. I had a rest day where I didn't need it. Yeah. Like, okay. Kind of thing. So yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> like I did train really hard and as much as I could. Mm hmm like considering the lifestyle I had like with a full-time job. Mm. So I got around that as best as I could. Um, but yeah, like I wouldn't want to get injured again. So I was like, you know, take your time maybe. Yeah. yeah. Come back again and, and do that once you're a bit more experienced. Yeah. <laughs> not there, not early in the piece. Yeah. 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 Mate, that is the podcast done. Awesome. It has been a pleasure having you on. It's been very, very interesting hearing well, the travel stories and the race stories, yeah, but yeah. also the training and preparation and stuff. Um, we will throw your socials up in the uh, in the podcast description. But, mate, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. No worries, mate. All done. So there we have it. Another episode in the books. So that podcast would have made you do one of a few things. Number one, it could have made you put your runners on and go, yes, I'm going to go for a run. Number two, it could make you go, I'm never running. That sounds awful. Or number three, it could go, I want to go on a holiday. And hopefully we can go on holiday soon. Uh, Once again, stay safe. Follow Andrew on uh, Instagram to keep up to date with his travels. Look at his photos. They are postcard-worthy photos. Keep up to date with his dogs. They are adorable. Um, But for the time being, stay safe. Whether it's work or just getting through these times or just trying to live and operate without stressing ourselves to the eyeballs you got to back yourself okay we'll see you in the next episode